0: Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science
1: fiction and science fact, engines primed in game! Hey, hey, this is Alexandria. I'm Jane Smith.
0: And I'm Douglas Gale.
1: And I will be bringing you Space News!
0: Star Trek, Duck Space Nine,
1: Firefly, Black Mirror, and
0: probably superhero stuff.
1: Dystopian fiction! Who's excited?
2: I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction.
3: We are Space News!
2: What's up, Space Nerds? Welcome to the show. We have a huge show for you today. So much to talk about. We've got Doug Space Nine. Douglas Gale will be joining us to talk about two episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine Progress and If Wishes Were Horses. Plus, we have a lot of people here with us right now for the Space News. We're going to talk about watching SpaceX launch. We live the Space News this week. We've got Jane Smith. Hello, Jane.
4: Hello, Internet. Thanks for having me back.
2: We've got Alexandria Henderson.
1: I don't know why I wait. Yes, this is she. She is me.
2: <laughs> and we've got Andy hadith How are you, Andy?
1: I'm
5: here. <laughs>
2: Everyone's so chatty until it's time to start recording. And
5: like, ah!
2: um, okay, so we're going to talk about the SpaceX launch for the space news again because now we've seen it. Now we've seen it happen. But before we get to that, the world is crazy right now. How is everyone doing? I <laughs> I mean, last week, the only thing that came out on this feed was me talking about the uh, George Floyd protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. We are living inside of a, hopefully, wave of social change right now, and the world is just insane in so many ways. It's very stressful, Um, but we want to just affirm our continued support of the black community, the Black Lives Matter movement. This is not something that's going to go away anytime soon. This is not going to blow over anytime soon. This is a long fight that we all need to gear up for and stay involved with. So, how has it been for everyone? Uh, all all you space nerds that I'm talking to right now, <laughs> how are you guys doing? How's how's the world treating you?
1: Well, all I want to say is anybody who's been listening to the Space Nerds podcast, we've kind of been preparing you for this for the longest. <laughs> for the for the black uh, the Black Mirror ones for sure. Just yeah. like every conversation just ends up being about like. This country's systemic foundation, and like how it is wild out here in these streets, um and now it's just kind of bubbling over and coming to a very, very frothy head that uh, <laughs> uh, was well described, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. A few sexual uh, <laughs> connotations
2: there that may be inappropriate, yeah. but <laughs>
1: well, I am thinking more like a heady, like a heady beer. Maybe? Yeah, sure. I, know I know where. It. It. Is that what it's called? Aren't the bubbles called head? Yeah. Yes. yes. Or, I don't know. Yes, okay, it is. Yes.
5: Or in a science experiment <laughs> okay. when you know and you've got that and it's yes, you. I know where you're going. Uh, like
1: a, a frothy foam. Yes, it's coming to a frothy foam. <laughs> it and, uh, is.
2: the frothy foam of the Black Lives Matter movement.
1: <laughs> the Black Lives Matter movement, and uh, we're the worst. And I think it's. it's Something that is not going to go away. And I think mm. it's I I honestly feel a turning point happening. Oh. Good. Um so so yeah. today I'm in a good mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every day has its own ups and downs. Every day has its own roller coaster of like Yeah uh I am sad, I am happy, I am sad, I am happy. Mm. Um uh I have a blue rose yes yes. I I animal
5: crossing. <laughs> yes. yeah yeah i i have to say alexandria i saw you post today um and forgive can me I, what can you hear me yes, yes. okay <laughs> i saw you post on facebook today and forgive me if i butcher this but you it was something like i sense progress or i feel i feel progress or what was it? The wording? Uh, like changes in the changes air. Changes in the air. Yes, and you know what? I thought to myself, okay, for Alexandria Henderson to make that post, like that's a really good sign because I think that you are rightfully um, skeptical, weir- skeptical, and weary of people saying things and not actually doing things, which right. which has been there's been a big history of that,
2: right? In and many that's ways. The fear right now is like. I mean, yeah. we've been through civil rights movements before for the same issues. We fought a civil war for similar issues, and we still have these problems. Is, is this going to, you know, are, will the protests eventually die down and nothing will change? Like, that's the fear. And it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. It seems like real change is happening all, all across the country and even across the world. I mean, this is now the, the biggest civil rights movement in the history of the planet, which is incredible.
5: Hmm. Yeah, and not to diminish previous civil rights movements because they actually they made a, a ton of progress. No, I mean, I like,
2: mean not physically, enough, the but, amount of people protesting yeah. right now is, is more than has ever happened.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in the air. Like, I actually feel something like changing. There's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the change is happening not just in the not just in the world, but in my specific field as mm-hmm. well, like in the acting world. Things are happening. Things are moving, yeah. and it's something that I have never seen before. Mm. So I don't know if um, I just feel like something something different is coming. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah. And I, 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 yeah, I I will say I am cautiously optimistic. Of course, yeah. yeah. I reserve yeah. the right to smash that shit back and be like, yeah. see. <laughs> 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 but for now, yeah. everything's good. Everything's good.
4: Yeah. I hope yeah. is a very tentative and like. We're scared to have hope, but things yeah. are, things are changing. I mean, they, they changed the, um, the charges against the officers, you know, and, yeah. and they, um, Louisville where Brianna, uh, Taylor got shot, the DA or the mayor or something, they, uh, banned no knock warrants. Mm. Which is what allowed them to break into her apartment in the middle of the night. Oh wow! Um, mm. So I mean, things are—it's t- small baby steps, mm-hmm. but because yeah. of these protests, things are actually starting to move yep. in the right direction. And I feel like people are
1: people are getting their um their people are getting their feet wet in the protesting arena, mm-hmm. and they're not seeing how much of a marathon this is going to be, mm. right? Um, so I want to make sure to encourage everyone who is who are fighting like to continue to do the same mm. even when you get tired it's not it's this is still happening in two weeks like when it's not just popular on <clears throat> social media right now mm-hmm. and um and honestly i have a i have more feelings about brianna taylor because she was literally sleeping yeah so right? uh, it's just that i feel like i have a specific uh a little bit more rage for the murder and the death of Breonna Taylor because she was asleep in her home when the cops broke in yeah. and, mm-hmm. and decided to shoot the place up. And um, also, I feel like black women don't get the same kind of rage and like Black Lives Matter coming out of the woodworks as black men do. Mm-hmm. And I was also saying the same thing mm-hmm. for black trans lives as well. Yeah. And so yeah. um, I think that it's going uh, to be a long road to hoe. And, uh, but I am, I am, like I said, cautiously optimistic that things will be changing for the better. And that some of the systems that we have grown accustomed to even growing accustomed to being discriminated by can make change and will be making change.
2: Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a culture wide, you know, disease that needs to be healed and it's going to take a long time. And, you know, And there's so many battles to be fought, and this is a big one, and it it seems like the whole culture has jumped on, on one side or the other, and, you know, I mean, on the the opposite side of this, there's been so many horrifying things happening, like, we've seen a lot of good progress and a lot of change happening, or at least, you know, attempts at change starting to happen, but then we've also seen um, so many examples of police brutality against protesters, and I know that some protesters are violent, and that's a horrible thing, but like the, but so, so many more, so many videos yes. of people just standing there peacefully holding a sign yeah. and then being hit with a, a stun grenade or being shot with a rubber bullet. And mm-hmm. I mean, th- it's happen- a lot of this is happening in Seattle where we live. And I mean, a woman was hit with a, like a 21 year old woman was hit with a stun grenade and there's a video of it. And she was just standing there holding a sign and she was yeah. hit with a stun grenade. It actually stopped her heart and she was dead, but someone revived her at the scene. So Mm -hmm. and there's been there's been several deaths of people being shot like a young black musician was shot and killed um, during one of the protests. So it's it's just insane how much violence is happening right now in our country during peaceful protests. And it's it's so upsetting at a time when people are, are, you know, protesting against police brutality. We're seeing so much police brutality happening and it's Mm -hmm. terrifying. And, you know, we. Like, I think all of us here, I know, well, at least most of us here talking know cops, know people who are cops, and are, like, really good people who are trying so hard to serve their community. But, like, but this is scary. I mean, we've got this, like, system that it seems to be, like, fundamentally broken Mm -hmm. that is supposed to protect us, and it's scary. I don't know. I mean, how are you guys feeling?
1: I mean and i would venture to say it's not seems to be fundamentally broken it has been from yeah, the sure. very beginning yeah,
3: absolutely
2: like I you agree, know how yeah. the
1: police were created to capture runaway slaves sure and then it just evolved yeah. into what we have today and how slavery turned into jim crow turned into institutionalized prison systems and so we're just it's funny because i think i was saying that to, who was i talking to was i talking to you jesse about like i don't know what the next iteration is <laughs> like i don't know if this change is going to be like we're bringing about an end to the thing or is it a yeah. change is like okay great now they're just going to find another spin to put on black people right. um but i know that the we're the the difference between our ancestors and and us are that we are a little bit we're a little bit more fed up we're not as fearful for like cuz people are are dying anyway it's like you're killing us anyway so we might as well go down swinging
5: mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I think the, the role, you know, it's bizarre to say this, but I feel that the role of social media is actually, it can be used really powerfully in a really important way. And I think people that normally wouldn't take as much action are because look, here's a link you can click and it immediately sets up a template to send to your senators. Here's, you know, here's a petition you can sign and all you have to do is, you know, and people are sharing things. People are getting resources and information. There is video footage that people are watching of the violences that have been happy, happening forever. You know, there's there's something more visceral and immediate about people's ability to engage with it and I really hope that that's continuing to be used in a positive way you know
2: yeah and I'm I'm very aware of like trying to be aware of what I'm putting out on social media right now and I mean I'm still feeling very conflicted about even putting out podcasts but I feel like if we're talking about the issue and trying to show support then that could be a really good thing and also Mm -hmm. like people need distractions right now like people need to you know turn their brains off and watch frazier Turn your brain off and listen to me and Doug talk about Deep Space Nine. And um I feel like that's really important too. But I I as a content creator I'm trying to figure out like how do I fit into what's happening. How do I make sure I'm not detracting from what's happening? Because when I see people posting about their fun, you know, day at the pool right now, it kind of makes me mad. I feel like let's not
1: yeah, l- let's all get Yeah, let's right. all like get on it's not, it's not about like carrying on business as usual it's like going like no we know stuff is happening we Mm -hmm. want to talk about it we don't want to shy away from it Mm -hmm. and we want to call out what's good about it and what's bad about it Mm -hmm. and provide you with that way of escape yeah that you know you can you can take your rest from the protests and like Mm -hmm. but i but i it's my hope that like because there is a fear and like people are will still disregard what is happening out in the world and just go well it's fine because space Nerds is be released every week mm. but, <laughs> <laughs> but but, is, but <laughs> okay. they're gonna get the conversation where it's like no we know this stuff is happening and we're not just gonna sit idly by this yes. isn't a podcast it's like we know that that stuff's happening but blah 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 it's like yes uh it's just about making sure that we talk about what is happening and we're not shying away from it and mm. that we are on the right side of history. As we talk about it, we're not mm. condemning people. Mm. Like I've always said, I I'm not going to condemn. I don't believe the looters and the actual writers are from the black lives matter movement. I feel like those are people coming in to sub, sub, yeah. what is the word subvert? subvert. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, what the actual progress? Mm hmm. And also I'm like, you know, these institutions are crap and they've held us down for so long. And half of us, most of us, 89.999% of us are super fucking broke. Mm, So if y'all got to go get you a TV to live right in this, I mean, live your best life. I am not, I am not judging you. Like if you want to go in and like, and you just like, you know what? I really need this lamp. I mean, get that lamp. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
5: Yeah. Absolutely. And it well and you know, I think your point <laughs> take that lamp. But yes, I think that's the
2: point of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Get that yeah. lamp.
5: But I think also your point about in the moments when you are exploring what your activism is and you do need escapism or you need a break mentally yeah. or physically. In those moments I think being kind to yourself and saying, Okay and diligent at the same time. So saying, "Okay, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to escape in this way that feels healthy for me and good for me to refill my cup." And then yeah. and then hold yourself accountable to be like, "But I'm not going to let this break then become a lack of momentum to get back into it." You know, whatever that looks like for whoever you are.
2: Yeah, you got to you got to take breaks. You have to disconnect and you have to relax and recharge. I mean, there's so much stress in the world right now. It's really getting hard to manage all of the worry and all of the stress. Like, I just signed up today for therapy. I start on Friday. I'm very excited. You know, take care (laughs) of yourselves out there. And play Animal Crossing, you know? Come play with us. (laughs) We're playing a lot.
3: (laughs) Alexandra,
2: Jane, and I all hung out together during Jane's um, meteor shower the other night, and it was glorious. It was
1: so great. And truthfully, y'all, that's... that's That's my thing. I listen to podcasts, mm. so I listen to the same like and most of my podcasts are really funny. They're talking about what's happening, and they're also hilarious and commenting on it and like mm. what uh what I realized was a lot of my protests, a lot of the things that are being asked of me is like as white people figure out how fucked up they are, they come to me for education, mm. and mm. I'm like, oh, y'all don't understand I don't have any time for this. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But I try to do what I can within my patience level. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm recharging. So I'm listening to podcasts. I'm playing Animal Crossing. I'm taking naps. I'm ordering pizza. I'm doing the things that help me feel like, okay, I won't cuss out my lovely, wonderful friend who just wants to know stuff. Who just needs to know. like You know what I mean? Great
4: that people are like asking, but white folks, don't expect your black friend to tell you what you're doing wrong every single day or right. educate you
1: mm-hmm. educate yourself jesse go ahead and take that sound clip and just play it on repeat over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. we we'll get it it's
4: emotionally burdening yes. to make your friend uh, be like here's what you're doing wrong and here's how you need to fix it yes. don't put I, that on I, your friend I, I
1: right. never knew that Jane was called into the ministry, but apparently <laughs> she's preaching right now. Preach. But yes. it's,
4: it's just, I don't know. It's so easy. Yes. Everyone has a phone. Everybody, just about everybody has access to the internet. If you don't, you probably have a friend or family member that does, or you can go to a library or yes. whatever. You can look this stuff up for yourself. Don't expect yes. someone to hand it to you on a silver platter. Do yes. some work. Right. Yes. Put some work in.
2: Right, like if you have one black friend, if you're constantly checking with them saying, hey, I did this today, is this the right thing to yeah. do? That's uh, so unfair, it's so and unfair. And
5: that's
4: exhausting, don't yes. do that to them. Or
5: yeah. go for cookies, you know, and be like, I did this today, isn't that right. great? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something
2: else that's popping up a lot is like, yeah. this, whole, this whole performative allyship, right. which right. is very frustrating. It's not
4: about you, Karen, come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. my favorite it's moment like of Doctor Doctor Strange when Tilda Swinton tells Benedict Cumberbatch it's not about you. It's very, it's very powerful <laughs> like we, you know yeah. we we are all the individual star of our own lives and we all right. kind of yeah. see our lives as revolving around ourselves because mm. we are all ourselves and we can't see our lives from a different point of view but try. Yeah. You know, like try as hard as you can and, and realize that sometimes the best thing you can do is to shut the fuck up and let other people speak. <laughs> And, and listen. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, that's one of the beautiful <sighs> things about stories, like whether it's sci-fi or, or, you know, any other fiction genre, it builds your empathy. So yeah. the more you practice in taking in stories from other people's points of view, the better you can put yourself in someone else's shoes. It's yeah. so
2: true. It's so true. And, you know, I, I've i always believed in the power of that my whole life, but I even saw I saw the limits of that you know, when I moved to Seattle and and was exposed to so many more different backgrounds, you know, I, was, I worked in leasing for years and I worked at Starbucks yeah. when I first got here. And there's people coming from all over the world to live in Seattle and work at Amazon. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I just met so many people from so many different backgrounds. And, you know, working in leasing, we had these fair housing rules where if you discriminate against, against someone, you can be personally sued for like thousands of dollars. So, yeah. I you know, and I'm someone who needs like a point of view with which to approach things to, to know what I'm doing and to have confidence in social situations. So the point of view I adopted leasing was no matter who walks through that door, no matter what they look like, I treat them exactly the same and I take their cues on where we should take the conversation. So, you know, if someone walks in and they are a, a international student from, from China and we, I had a lot of people who I helped find apartments who are from China. Um, international students coming in you know my boss was like kind of racist and i i had to have like conversations with him about this because he was talking about how like these these rich kids from china whose parents are buying them bmws and paying for their leases and stuff um and kind of lumping them all together in this one way and Mm -hmm. and that type of thinking it's like oh is that what's happening is that where all these people are from you know it's like kind of a a toxic thing that can get in your head. When, in fact, like, every single person is different. Everyone's story is different. Everyone's background is different. And yeah. everyone's personal beliefs are different. So, if you treat everyone as if, like, a blank slate, where when you meet them, you say, okay, you teach me about you so I can learn about you. Um, and, like, you know, my boss was always saying something like, yeah, it's not racist because it's true. And, like, that yeah, is a racist statement. That is statement. racist. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. a racist statement. And it wasn't always yeah. true. I mean, yes, there were a couple of kids who... Who were like you know freshmen in college who had BMWs and their parents were paying their rent? Yes, that existed, but there was also like the the broke art student who was like paying their own way, and there was so many there's so many different varieties of people from all over the world. So, you know, like practicing practicing this idea of of allowing people to come to you and being a blank slate and not bringing any expectation or any any prejudice to your your interactions with new people. I found that to to really kind of change my my life. It really did. You know, I, I it's something that I kind of adopted for work, but then ended up doing in my entire life because. You just learn so much more about people and people surprise you so often. And I just love human connection. I love meeting new people. I love learning about new people. And if you make space for that to happen in your life, your life will be so enriched for it and you will avoid a lot of unintentionally racist behavior because you're, you know, like you're trying to fit inside of this expectation of what you think people expect you to be based off of their cultural heritage and throw that all away. You know, just let it all go, throw it away and just meet each individual um, as a fresh start and a fresh person mm-hmm. to know. And don't, don't think that you know things
4: about them until you that ask. That is amazing. Everything that you just said right there. Um, <laughs> Jesse and I used <laughs> to you. work together. We did. That's and how we I, met. I got, to, I got to actually witness this. You were a great leasing agent and people Thank loved... You talking to you not just like working with you based on you know their lease or their apartment issues like they would be like where's jesse when can i talk to jesse because you are a great person like that whole philosophy that you you, just laid out is is why we're still friends i mean (laughs) you're awesome but you're just same jane
1: same you need to
4: be around and it's it's really um, i'm over you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <A pleasure. laughs>
2: well, I managed to make this all about me, didn't I?
4: <laughs> but well, that's I just wanna I just want to in and say that I, I saw exactly what you just described and, and it was awesome.
2: You so, worked with that you. You. you worked with that racist <laughs> boss. And like we were I
4: saw it, yeah. yeah. It was uncomfortable.
2: We were we were friends uh, with him, you know, and, and I I mm. have love for, for this guy and but at the same time, you know, like you gotta call out this behavior when you see it and mm-hmm.
4: yeah. It's hard (sighs) to do that.
2: Yeah, it's hard. Get uncomfortable. Get into these uncomfortable positions and, you know, do what you can. Everyone's got to do what they can.
5: Yeah, and it's not as hard as what happens when you let this continue to perpetuate, you know?
2: And Jane, that feeling is very mutual. That's a big part of why all of you are a part of this (laughs) podcast is because... I could talk to you, all three of you endlessly, and I tried to actually set up a scenario in which that happens regularly, <laughs> just to make myself happy. And if anyone's listening, that's a, that's a bonus on top of that. So, anyway. Whew. Shall we get into the space news? Do we have anything else we want to say? Do we have any any causes to donate to that we've seen that we want to point out?
5: I have a lot. Maybe... Maybe yeah. it'd be important to put some in the. Does, when you post this, is there a sure. place to There's put links?
4: links yeah,
2: sure, absolutely. I can put some links in the description. But is there? Is the one that pops on the top of your head? What's the name I of mean, that that bail project? I'm gonna look this up.
5: Well, I want to say I think Campaign Zero is doing some pretty <laughs> zero. great work. Yeah, which one is that? Um, which one is that? Do you mean like what are they doing? Yeah, they they're specifically oriented about um, police brutality and. Um, mm-hmm. dismantling systems around that. Um, so yeah. they've
4: got 10 things on their front page that I'm looking at right here um, right. that are really just like specific things that can make th- everything better. Uh, so we got end broken windows, policing, community oversight, limit use of force, independently investigate and prosecute, community, community representation, uh, body cams and film the police, training, and for-profit policing, demilitarization, and fair police union contracts. Like, those 10 points right there will just revolutionize our current system. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Um, I also think, and this is just sort of a branching off of um, something you were talking about, about individualism and, like, the power in individualism. And part of that is, like, what do you individually, what communities are you a part of that are perpetuating um, these issues. And so, like, for example, obviously, I'm a member of the Jewish community, and I am just recently on the education committee of the ADL, which is the Anti-Defamation League, which was started by Jewish founders who were working against anti-Semitism, but it is way broadened its scope to just be an anti-hate and anti-bias organization. Um, So I love the ADL. I have a lot of information. If anybody wants more information about them, um, please feel free to reach out to me personally. I'm happy to engage with you in that. But I think also just going to whatever community you might individually be a part of and thinking about, like, how can I make change within this community as we relate to Black Lives Matter or um, systematic racism? And I think that's a good way to approach it, too.
2: Yeah. And I want to say to all the other fellow content creators out there, use your platforms, you know, raise your voice, like stand up for what's right and i have a lot of frustration around not being able to participate in the protests because i have these ongoing chronic health issues that uh that make that you know kind of uh outside of the outside of my reach at the moment and i you know andy and i had this conversation yesterday about the fear around protesting because of covid-19 and you know people with pre-existing health conditions it's tough. I mean, it. it yeah. it's, it's not just dangerous because police are attacking people, but it's dangerous because of COVID-19. I have so much respect for anyone who's out there on the front lines protesting, so mm-hmm. much respect and a little bit of jealousy um, <laughs> that I'm not out there, but I'm trying to do what I can to use the platform that I've built here to, you know, to have these conversations. I'm trying to... I really want to organize some sort of fundraising, uh, gaming live stream on YouTube. I've been really struggling to have, have the endurance to live stream recently. So, um, you know, just with my health situation, but that's something that I really want to do. And, you know, if you hear this and you have a a platform, take that idea and do it yourself, you know, raise some funds, do anything you can support the black community, support your friends. There's so much that can be done right now. We all got to get involved
1: yeah definitely absolutely okay uh, well, anything else let's uh, let's get anything it? else uh, all lives matter all lives will not matter until black lives matter fuck Amen. yes fuck yes absolutely
2: yeah. that's uh Yes. And yes, I can't. Yes
3: and I can't, yes. I can't, I can't with this <laughs> Yeah, um,
2: yeah uh. it's so true. And there's, I mean, there's horrible things happening in so many marginalized communities. And yes, we care about all of it. And it's horrible. You know, like we want to make change for all of it. This is the fight that we are taking on right now as a community. Let's win this fight and then and then work on these other fights as well like what's happening because of the, the pandemic to the Native American community is mm-hmm. is terrifying. And that is an immediate concern that we also need to address. And there's, mm-hmm. I mean, the violence against um, Chinese Americans because of President Trump stoking you know, the fear and this nationalism and hatred against the Chinese culture because you're trying to blame them, this Chinese virus and people being beat up over that. That is an immediate concern <laughs> that needs to be addressed right now. There's so much happening. And I, you know, we can't all fix we can't fix everything. Like, everyone can't fix everything. You got to just kind of put your head down and keep working one thing at a time. Don't let it overwhelm you that there's so much happening. Taking one piece of action, at, maybe maybe even just say, I'll take one piece of action every day. Like, today, the three of us, well, there's four of us. The four of us are... <laughs> Having this conversation that we're going to put out there publicly. I'm in the room
5: with you, but it's yes.
2: fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, the four of us, I was thinking three besides me, but I'm here too. And Miles, is the dog, is here as well. And he's not coughing so far today, so so that's
1: good. But Miles doesn't care about black lives. He barely cares about me
2: oh he loves you oh, what do he he say? I'm you say don't pretend my bad. dog's racist that hurts my heart
1: <laughs> i'm sorry I apologize. well but we want
5: to validate yeah. any prejudice you may have filled for miles <laughs> but, but anyway. i will tell you he's grumpy towards most everybody <laughs> yes uh, seems like but yeah he's a grumpy
4: old man that's right yeah. yes
2: that's but yeah i would say i would encourage people to push yourselves to try to do at least one thing every day to help yeah uh but then Watch Frasier, you know? Chill out. Like, well,
5: maybe not Frasier. Whatever your version oh, of but that Frasier's
2: is. so good. Watch Star Trek The yeah. Next Generation again, you know? Go back and binge Stargate SG-1 from the beginning because it's a wonderful show. Um, You know, I... I, I am reaching my limit of, like, stressful TV. Like, Doug and I, as a side project on this podcast, have been watching through the Arrowverse and, like, trying to get through Arrow right now. It's so violent. It's so intense. And it's very... It's really hard. I actually picked up Red Rising, finally, at Alexandria's suggestion. And oh, it's, like, good. people fighting against oppression on Mars. I'm like, I can't handle this right now. Like, we are fighting against oppression right now. It only, it only took right a now. year,
1: but it's good. Yeah. You gotta get into it. Okay. <laughs> it's so good, Jesse. Okay, we'll know, do a book club I know what eventually. I but it's so good.
2: We'll do a patron cast book I, club about Red rising when i get through it
5: i do i do i know jesse you're wanting to get into the space news but i just want to ask one question that based on what we're talking about here which is what is everybody's show that they are putting on right now to decompress fraser
1: jesse <laughs> Uh-huh. There are a few. Currently, HBO has the entire series of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Ooh, uh, yes. so oh, my God. So I'm going to work my way through that. Yes. I have started working show. my way through The Big Bang Theory, and it's actually a terrible show. I, it's can't, watch a bad it. Show. Yeah, I can't I can't support that show. It's, it's so awful. racist and so... Nah this it, is so bad it's a caricature of of nerd oh. life and it's like making fun of us <laughs> yeah and it's also making fun of like raj is that, is that the oh. butt of every joke yes being yeah. indian there are it's no local. black people yeah um like i it's and and this, girls are objects like what the fuck <laughs> like Wallowitz is trash mm-hmm. yeah but I've also started and I'm three seasons in, so I might finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Um Also, well, Jesse, I want fun. to encourage people too. Um, there, there are quite a few shows out there written by, by Black people that yeah. you can also binge. Yes. So that you can support Black art and Black work there. So if you're Absolutely. like, you know, do your moment of action and then go watch Insecure on HBO. Yes. yes. Yeah. Do your moment of action and then go watch Black Mondays on Showtime. Like, yeah. Do, yeah. like Google, use the Google and find <laughs> black shows written in the 21st century and go and like binge watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. If you're yes. like I'm yes. here for that good wholesome quality acceptable black TV. That's fine too. Like research, you know, the route to all y'all favorite show is Friends. Look, go watch Living Single, which is the the show that Friends uh, was based it's upon. It's so good. Like huh. I didn't even know that. Go and like oh Oh yes, but they I don't. Took- I don't
2: watch Friends, so I'm. Not oh, that's in this fine. Community. Living
1: Friends took exactly living single, made it white, and, and then made millions yeah. of dollars. Yeah. That <laughs> reminds
2: me that speaking of Arrowverse, I just finished season one of Black Lightning, and I and loved fucking it. loved yeah. it. I loved there it, is. and this was actually a really good time to watch it because it's about this marginalized community black community in Freeland and this amazing man who's like the principal of the high school and is it a high school? I think so. Uh, he's a principal and he's like also this superhero and he has this incredible family who are all supportive and then end up being superheroes themselves and fighting against this, like, Um, This project that's happening, I can't really get into this without spoilers, but it's based off of real things that happened to the black community that are horrifying, that actually happened in America, that I've learned about with, um, uh, it was like this, this research study... That was uh you know, we'll get into this when Doug and I talk about um black lightning, but basically, like allowing black people to go sick, untreated for their entire lives to see what would happen to them mm-hmm. um, that actually happened, and like that's kind of what this season one was based off of, and then, like watching the watching these amazing people in the black community stand up and and be heroes was really powerful and really heartwarming for me right now, and I Alexandria watched this too, and didn't like it. So it's, I I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like that trashy CW Arrowverse style TV that I love so much.
1: I was just like, okay, so we finally get this black superhero and this writing is garbage. But now that Jesse has explained that that's kind of the way that the Arrowverse is. (laughs) Maybe I will. Also, I was, I told him I was going to watch it anyway, because I watched anything with black people on it to encourage more black art to be created. Yeah. So I'm going to finish it anyway. I was like, Oh, I just haven't seen any of the recent seasons.
2: Yeah. We're watching year five or six of the Arrowverse right now. I can't remember. Um, which one I'm watching, but I'm almost done with it. And Black Lightning was by far my favorite of of this year of the Arrowverse. I mean, it's like mm. like over a hundred episodes of TV per year of of this of the Arrowverse because it's like five or six shows. It's just insane the amount of TV. Um, but like Black Lightning was really a breath of fresh air, and I, I I just love it. I love the cast. I I love the characters. I feel connected to the story. Um,
3: nice.
2: Yeah, Gambi is an amazing character. An- Anissa is incredible. Um, watch it. It's good stuff. Unless you're Alexandria, in which case you've already seen it and didn't like
1: it. Yeah, but I am going to finish out. I think there's three seasons out right now, right?
2: I think the third just hit Netflix recently.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to, I only watched the first season, so I'll catch up.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's a really great point to, you know, to get, like dig into some black made media. I mean, we actually just watched High Fidelity, which I don't even know if that's, uh, I think it, is it a black showrunner? I don't remember, but it stars Zoe Kravitz and she's incredible. The whole first season was really really great. Mm-hmm. Um I very highly recommend High Fidelity. That was some good shit.
5: Enjoyable and yeah. definitely um yeah, I would say escapism in in a lot of ways too.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm really needing comfort right now. I I don't want I don't want like intensity. I mean, I don't want violence. I'm just we're just seeing so much of that in the news like seeing these pictures of people who have been shot point blank range with rubber bullets. Um, mm-hmm. like people are losing eyes because they're being hit in the eye with rubber bullets. And
4: yeah. Or people with asthma are really suffering from all the gas. Yeah. That's been-
2: yeah. And like- I'm so the-
4: mad at SPD. I for know. Going- so yeah. Seattle had a ban on tear gas or chemical irritants for 30 days and then like the next day they fired some and they've been doing
1: it ever since
2: yeah like Mm -hmm. what the fuck is happening i know they banned (laughs) tear gas and then they continued to use it like what is happening it just oh they
1: said that it wasn't tear gas that they used that second day it was oc it was uh pepper spray aerosol
4: yeah but it's still a chemical irritant and like what the fuck so the these things can't be used in combat because it's war crime but yeah. it's okay to move on the general populace of yeah. your own country yeah. how is that okay that needs to change i want that to change yeah,
2: yeah. and there was this video of this 75 year old man who was talking to a police officer the police officer shoves him onto the ground yeah. he lands motionless and starts bleeding out the back of his head
4: on, on and, concrete On yeah.
2: concrete and then a police officer tries to kneel down to help him, and another police officer pulls pulls Stop him away, it, right? and so yes. no one will help this man. They just walk away from it. It's so it's yeah. so disturbing to watch. Like I I didn't even know what it was when I put po- like it just showed up on my feed, and I watched it, and I I mean mm-hmm. it was like nightmare inducing. But th- today Trump tweeted that that man was as uh, allegedly an. an antifa collaborator who was using some advanced technology to scramble the police officers communications devices like complete Jeez. nonsense bad shit, crazy like bullshit. yeah bullshit and the fact yeah. that like the fact that our president is willing to say anything to make this not his fault to make this the fault of you know antifa which means anti-fascist which we should all be we should all be Everyone anti-fascist
4: yeah, I saw an article the other day that was calling, um, some people who like came out on their streets in Oregon with like AR-15s and stuff anti-antifa and I was like what a cowardly fucking thing to say those are white supremacists that just means means you're a fascist yeah Yeah. (laughs) if you're anti-antifa yeah and like
2: the the (laughs) only reports I've seen of people showing up with guns protesters showing up with guns are white supremacists yeah like we we have a terrifying problem in this country where the where the white supremacists the fascist part of this country are very well armed. Like it's mm-hmm. it's horrifying. So I mean we're work we're working the problem. Like we are fighting right now, but the problem runs deep. It is terrifying and man, it sucks. But we you know, we're here, we're talking about it, we're fighting, we're doing everything that we can and we hope that you are too.
4: Yeah. Just whatever you can do. Baby steps, even if you can't protest, you know, donate if you can't do that support your local black artists, your local black restaurants, you know, yeah. get some takeout from like, do some Googling, find yes. out which restaurants in your area are black owned and support them. They need it right now. Lift they need up, it. lift yeah. up the black
2: community who has been torn down for so long. And this yeah. is not about like, you know, this is not about like one, one group being better or worse than the other or being given more or less opportunities. This is about all groups being given the same, which is not how this yeah. country is built and there's no amount of lifting up the black community that is going to overshadow the the entire history of racism and oppression in this country so no. just so lift up you know get together
5: and if that's what you're worried about right now then turn this off because we don't care about you
4: <laughs> i mean i, I mean, it's, 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 if nothing that we've said has moved you, then I don't think anything uh, will. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, if you're worried
5: about lifting someone up, taking whatever freaking toll or overshadowing whatever thing you think, it's like, come on, be a human and just... Well, we
2: also have to learn how to speak to the people who don't share the same values and beliefs as us.
4: I agree. That's I agree. I think that's
2: so, that's so important right now. and
4: They're the ones who need the most work.
2: Yeah, and, and would, I, I don't know. know how to communicate... To people that that are worried about whites losing their supremacy, like i don 't know how to communicate to those people that that is is like a waste of your effort because it's just a it 's just built on hatred and i i don 't speak that language i don 't understand it, so I want to learn how to speak to those people in a way that can that can help like I want to build a platform that has people of all you know viewpoints participating i that 's something that I want. Um, so that we can make positive social change. And I know know how hypocritical that must sound to someone who doesn't share my beliefs because they're like, well, you just want me to believe what you believe. And yes, I do. I want you to believe that all people should have the same rights and should be able to live without the fear of oppression. I do believe that. And I feel like if you aren't worried about that, it's because you haven't lived it, which means that you're probably white if you live in this country, which means that you need to address yourself. You need to evaluate your privilege and, and realize that, like, you got you to gotta let this stuff go. You got to let go of fear and let go of control and be a part of the American community that is a rich tapestry of all people from all over the world who come here to live free. And, and that's, like, the American dream. And that doesn't exist for, for so many people in this country. And well, it yeah. can. And we can work on that and make it happen.
5: And, you know, people also came here because they were brought... On slave ships and
1: not because they came in for
5: the American dream. So I think acknowledging that is really important. And I feel like
1: everyone who's listening who has an opposing view should really take Jesse's statement to heart because he has a lot more patience to explain it to you. Because (laughs) I should not have to explain to you why my life should matter. I should not have to explain to you why white supremacy is a problem. I should not have to explain to you why you should... like do some research and try to think outside the box and not hate just for the sake of hating Yes, because it should be humanity. Like if we're talking like human race type stuff, Yes, that, that should be point blank empathy, caring and loving one another. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. so I don't have, I don't, and I don't think many black people do either. And that's the reason why you have such, that's why I don't police anybody's protest because mm. people are fed up. We tried the quiet way. We tried to be respectable. I keep giving this example because you couldn't have found a better, more respectable black man than like Philando Castile who was riding in the passenger seat. He had a a license to carry. Um, The the police officer, he was in the passenger seat. The police officer pulled over the car, asked asked everybody in the car for licenses, but for why? And so uh, he said, okay, my license is in um, my glove compartment, there's also a gun there, but I'm not reaching for it, I'm reaching for my wallet. And he reached for his wallet and got shot. Mm. Yeah. And he had a license to carry. Mm. He did everything right. Mm-hmm, he was yeah. even just in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. So I have no patience left for mm-hmm. the respectable way to do things and to calmly and patiently explain to people mm-hmm. why we should stop being killed in the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So all of what Jesse just said, y'all run that back. Let it minister to your spirit because <laughs> I don't have the time today. Damn. If you got, if you have something anti to say about why. And, and the, the problem is people will meet me and love me all day long right. and still be racist as fuck because Absolutely. I'm a cool ass human being. Right. So when I, mm. <laughs> tooting my own whore. So when I say, so when you say like, if you have an opposing view, we don't care. I'm like, hell yeah, I ride for that. <laughs> Because I shouldn't have to explain why my life matters, why it's, my brother's life exactly matters, right. why my cousin's life matters. You know yes, what I mean? And exactly. so Jesse has a very pacifist point of view. Like, no, we want a dialogue. And I'm like, that's great. We yeah. need people like Jesse and we need people like Andy. So <laughs> we, we need everybody
4: yeah. we need everybody getting on this fight it's absolutely. not just yeah. like one person it's not a few people in the streets we need everybody to rise up before any change happens
1: and absolutely absolutely, it's, absolutely.
4: Slow, but it's finally happening
1: yes we need the fuck yous and we need the bless yous we need yes, all of it yeah. that's right and yeah. that's
5: the truth and i have to say i really just just did mean if you can't see that that yeah that literally just people should be respected and their lives should matter <laughs> no matter right, what. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk to you, which is maybe
1: yeah. something to, to think about, that. but
5: yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I, I wonder like, is it selfishness? Is this, is it this idea that, Oh my, I have what I need in my life. And And I don't want to take the risk of losing it. So I don't want to support anyone else because they might take away what I have. Is that where this comes from? That's literally it.
1: Yeah. And it's also like, there's a white woman somewhere on Instagram. I don't, I watched it in passing. There's a white woman somewhere on Instagram (laughs) explaining like, like systemic racism from the ground up. Like this feeling that you feel was because of this, 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 and this, that like white people made you feel this way. Hmm. So when you see a black person in the street and you feel fear it's because of this conditioning yes like, and i, I watched yeah. it and i was like this is really great information i hope white people watch it i didn't mm. share it because i'm like again i have this thing about me not educating folk right now in yes. this moment sure um, you shouldn't have to it's not but, but if i find do. it again i'll show it to y'all so then y'all can share it with y'all white friends yeah <laughs> and, and
2: you're we so will right
1: happily do that. Yeah.
2: yeah you're so right about conditioning because mm. I grew up in East County, San Diego, which there's so much racism in East County, San Diego against so many different people. And I was taught a lot of racist things as a kid and saw a lot of racist things. And when you're a kid, you don't think, oh, that's racist. You think, oh, that's how the world is. And I'm supposed to know these things. You know, like I'm supposed to know that these people feel this way about these people. And and like that stuff just gets passed down from generation to generation. And it takes work to to recognize that you even know or believe these things and to unravel them yeah. and to let them go and to recognize the danger that that racist jokes can can propagate these horrible things and you know i mean i've I made like one racist joke in my whole life and it haunts me like back like back when i was a kid and i i i you know man it's it's tough like i mean recognizing that like, all of us are part of the problem, you know? Like, we, we all yeah. have work to do. All of us. Yeah.
4: Yeah, It's I saw something the other day that um, you don't arrive as an ally. You have to constantly practice yeah. being an ally. Yes. You have, it's work. You have to realize that you are wrong, and you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to learn. It's a constant process. You don't just show up and be like, look at me, I'm awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and you also can't even say like i'm an ally that's yeah, something but, that is given no. to you by mm-hmm. your works and it's not even it's not yeah. yes. it's not a, an award to say like you have reached the pinnacle of whiteness congratulations yeah. <laughs> right. it, is, it is a call to continue that uh work and saying hey we see the work that you're doing and we call you to continue doing it mm-hmm. exactly yes, yes. ongoing yes. process that's
2: right. Well, I do want to just say thank you to all three of you for being willing to participate in this conversation because this wasn't even, you know, we I knew we were going to address this today, but I did not expect for us to talk for 45 minutes about this. I I'm thrilled that we did. Like I'm thrilled that this conversation is something that can be out on the Space Nerds feed. That makes me so happy. I'm so grateful to all three of you to being willing to participate in this. Um of course, because we gotta talk about it. Yeah, I mean, having a public conversation about such, you know, intense topics can be scary and like mm-hmm. I mean, we're putting ourselves out there and there's there's a little bit of fear for me all the time with that, but I continue to do it because I I have always I I cling to the belief that there is change that can be pushed through content creation. And maybe that's Mm -hmm. just, like, Mm self-aggrandizing because I think of myself as a content creator. But uh, that's, like, something that really keeps me going and keeps me making shit. So having you three be a part of it means so much to me. Thank you so much.
1: Of course. Well, let's talk about the space news. (laughs) Let's talk about the space news. (laughs) Come on, Justin. Space News! Space News!
2: All right, so this is the first time in the history of the Space Nerds podcast that we get to talk about some space news from the first-hand perspective of having lived through it, because all of us watched the launch of the SpaceX slash NASA rocket into space to bring astronauts to the International Space Station, the first time in about a decade that people have gone to space from American soil, and it was very exciting, very inspirational, um... How, so what was this experience like for you guys? Tell me about watching this happen. Who wants to start? <laughs> Let's start with Jane. What do you think, Jane?
4: It was great. Um, I didn't actually get to watch it live because I was doing um, some online board games that Saturday <laughs> with some friends. But very important, very after, important. After the end of our um, scenario was over, we all found a video and we did a screen share and we all watched it as a little group. So it was really nice to be able to have like a little community of friends yeah. watching it, commenting on it together as it was happening. Um, Cause you know, we're all, we're all quarantined right now. We're all stuck at home. And so anything that we're doing is, is like right now with the podcast, we're doing it online instead of, you know, in the same room with each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was a nice moment of community to be able to share that with friends. It was a, a small ray of hope for humanity in these really dark and depressing times like i'm i'm fighting that emotional roller coaster every day you know where it's like oh my god humanity is doomed we can't have nice things because we ruin it and like this is never gonna work um but then you have small moments where it's like okay protests are making change people are doing manned space flights um you find all these companies that are like working on vaccines like there is stuff to be hopeful for and and this was a really nice hopeful moment
2: Mm. absolutely what about you andy
5: what about me well (laughs) I, i you know it's funny because i yeah i've never seen a live space launch before um we we were watching it just in our uh, living room, and I was thinking about the footage, though, that I have seen of um, space launches throughout history, I guess, um, and what I envision and and the nervousness that I mean, this is really mm. sp- weird, but, like, that the rocket's going to explode. Uh, or sure. you know, That's for sure a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, when they were it counting happens. down, yeah. right? And they were counting down, and I was just thinking – oh my gosh, and I was trying to imagine what the astronauts were thinking and feeling, and um, yeah, it was strange. Uh, I mean, Jesse's spoken to this a bit, but um, it also feels weird to have Trump's involvement in this Mm -hmm. and what that means, and um, I think it's really complicated that someone who is so interested in space travel is also just inevitably anti-science because of his denial of climate change. Yes. And is, you know, just so like, I, I don't know. That's, that was something. And I, not that I'm, I don't even know that I have anything to say about what I think about it, but it was definitely a complex feeling knowing that um, mm-hmm. and having that be part of the broadcast. Um, and also, yeah, this privatized, aspect two is really interesting to grapple with. But um just in terms of the experience of watching it happen, it felt really amazing. Like it, it did feel like, wow, I'm watching history and um and I did kind of go through the images I have of what I think space launches are based on the history that I know and Um, And then I was, like, really, really interested in the behavior of the astronauts as it continued. (laughs) And I was, like, watching what they were doing with their bodies and their hands and um, thinking about what physical training you have to go through to do that. Um, And they had that little stuffed animal, which I never heard what the explanation of that was. It
2: was their, um, their kids had, like requested that specific animal like both of the astronauts kids they had like talked to them we can take one thing with us oh and it was this like like shiny dinosaur i loved that oh
5: that's cute (laughs) i had a feeling it was something like that yeah yeah yeah. and just did you hear the communication and through the um i guess it well i mean they lost the feed for a little while but um just it's amazing to me that these people are heading to space and we're able to hear and see what they're doing you know yeah
2: Yeah. And I mean, Alexandra, I know that you'd not only watched the launch, but you also watched the live feed of them arriving at the ISS.
1: I did. I watched uh, I watched the launch. I watched the first attempt and the final attempt.
2: Yeah, me too. uh, Because
1: because it was like the first attempt was Wednesday (laughs) and the the weather was bad. They did not get they didn't they couldn't get through the weather. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they went on Saturday and everything was like all systems go. Um, first of all, I have to say, hi, I am Alexandria Henderson, and I am a theater nerd. And I never thought I would say that, but here's the reason why I say that. (laughs) Nothing was so thrilling to me as hearing the different calls back and forth between the spaceship and, like, Houston or Florida or any of the places that they were talking to, because to me, it was like listening to a stage manager call a show. (laughs) Like, whenever there was commentary, they were, everybody was quiet whenever a call was made, which Mm -hmm. is great, because it was like, Mm -hmm. on Wednesday they had a couple different news outlets covering it. And so everyone kept commenting. And, and I think a link that Jesse shared in one message had a whole bunch of commentary. And I was like, where is it where we don't hear them at all? I don't want to hear anything <laughs> about these reporters talking. I only want to hear the astronauts and Houston. Yeah. Like those are the only things that I care about. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, uh, I watched the, and, and I will say that I had a hard time because the, The full like docking of the Endeavor Dragon, Dragon Endeavor, Endeavor Dragon. I don't know which way it goes, but I know those two words are part of the name.
2: Yeah, the Crew Um, Dragon was the capsule. uh, Okay, Endeavor was was the name
1: of the thing.
2: I don't remember. Because they would say
1: Endeavor, Houston to Endeavor, Endeavor to Houston. They would say Endeavor. So I think Dragon yeah, yeah, Endeavor yeah, yeah. was like their full what name. What was
2: the Endeavor? I remember them saying that they named this thing the Endeavor, but now I don't remember which piece of it it was. There's so many things. totally pieces. great. It's
1: but like they the were Falcon talking about, rocket. they talk about both. Yeah, the yeah. Falcon that launched them up. You know, blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah. Um, or maybe the Crew yeah. Dragon was also the Endeavor. I'm gonna look this up while you're talking. Keep going.
1: Do it. ABG. <laughs> ABG. Um, always be Googling. You know, for a throwback. Uh, so... I watched them go up into space. It was so beautiful. And then I saw the docking. I was like, Oh, they're live streaming like basically 24 hours while they wait for them to get to the ISS. And Mm so early, early Sunday morning, I went to YouTube and I mean, early, I mean, I had just gotten done with animal crossing and I made it into like the new day of like 5. AM. And, uh, put the switch down, picked up YouTube and, saw them dock and it was so great but then they were like okay we're docking but it's going to take a minute for the door has to be open and it's gonna take another minute for them to be able to leave the the capsule and go into the iss so i was like um asleep by the time that they actually walked on so i had to go back and rewatch it again and rewind (laughs) it but it was lovely and beautiful and uh and um I will say that I was slightly disappointed in the International Space Station because I definitely expected it to look like Xenon Girl of the twenty first century, <laughs> yes! and instead it looked Zetus like Lapidus. a room with a bunch of. I know, Cetus This is just a room with a bunch of cameras. Like, okay, um,
2: but also, I mean, movie night, Xenon Girl of the twenty first century. That is happening here for
1: zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom. Make my heart go boom, yeah. Boom, yeah. boom. Andy zoom showed this movie girl. to me
2: early in our relationship. It's the only sci-fi movie that Andy brought to my attention. <laughs>
1: Well, welcome yep yes <laughs> um so yeah i i enjoyed it i thought it was beautiful and you know i'm trying not to let the internet ruin it because you know they have their conspiracy theories out there in the world no, so i haven't um, even
2: heard that i don't even want to know what those are
1: okay i'm not saying a thing
2: what are they i want to know
1: <laughs> damn it why did you say that well you brought it up uh, well i just heard that it's like fake and there was like a mouse that went scampering across the one of the camera screens at one point like on cnn <laughs> and so, yeah it was it was weird
4: Quit spreading lies, CNN. That I know. That. I'm
1: sorry.
2: The International Space Station's been up there for, what, like 20 years or something?
1: Has it? It's been up there for time? a while. I
2: know. Um, yeah. Someone looked that up. I looked up the I'm doing it. The I'm Endeavor. doing it International yes, Space. Uh, yes, you look up. So, the Endeavor is the Crew Dragon capsule. It was christened the Endeavor soon after the launch. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I got to say, so, I had so many thoughts and emotions watching this because this was like the modernization of spaceflight. Like the last time we saw a shuttle launch from American soil was from the space shuttle program. And mm-hmm. this was like a completely different beast and seeing the touch screens, getting to spend some time with the astronauts in the capsule, like floating mm-hmm. around as they were traveling and, giving us the tour inside, just seeing how it all works and hearing all the comparisons to the space shuttle. Um, It's just incredible. The feat of engineering that this thing is. I mean, I was just flabbergasted watching that uh, the Falcon rocket land back on earth on this <laughs> tiny little platform on this boat like that is just this feat of human engineering that is mind-bogglingly astonishing and that is SpaceX i mean SpaceX made that happen and i've also done a little bit of reading cuz like i had this weird reaction to the idea that that this was nasa flying on a privately built rocket right? and it's funny because like I read about this happening forever ago and just forgot so like 10 years ago NASA contracted with several different private companies to try to get their astronauts up to the ISS the International mm-hmm. Space Station and it's not because yep. NASA's like oh we don't want to build our rockets anymore it's because they're working like this is the piece that I had been missing and mm. forgotten even though I already knew this too because we've talked about it on the show NASA's working on the Artemis program getting the next man and the first woman to the moon so So, that is their main focus. We're now branching out with our space flight. And the way that they could make that happen was by contracting with these private companies. And SpaceX is the company that made it happen. They were working with Boeing um, and, like, one other company that I forgot off the top of my head. So... This is something that's been happening for a long time, and I also had these like very conflicted feelings because Jim Bridenstine, who we often talk about things that he's saying because he's like the director of NASA or something, um, he after the launch he was talking about how Trump made this happen and was so instrumental mm-hmm. in this happening, um, which was yeah, which is upsetting because Trump is so anti-science. Um, he's but if been
4: he, defunding everything. Like, right. don't give him any credit. Right. right. But
2: like this project was started under the Obama administration. Like that's when yeah. this whole project started so yeah. um because it took 10 years for spacex to build this technology so i yeah i mean and trump is temporary trump will leave office eventually either by being voted out or by being removed by some sort of you know military uprising we're gonna see what happens come november um but anyway <laughs> right. not to be alarmist or anything but you know <laughs> civil war 2 the sequel um
1: <laughs> oh, jesus
2: so so yeah i'm that is so i i It's very conflicting, and the way that I look at this is, like, America existed before Trump, it will exist after Trump, probably radically changed, hopefully for the better, because of what's happening right now with these protests across the world, but space progress is is something that we can all get behind because it it is like this rallying cry for humanity. Like look at what we have achieved as human beings. And I spend so much time, so many hours watching so many different sci-fi shows, watching the expanse and star Trek and, Stargate and like watching people travel through space and all these fictional machines to watch it in reality is so thrilling. And yes, I want to go back to the moon and I'm so excited for that. But docking at a space station and watching people get from one get out of their ship through an airlock into a space station is something I've watched like in science fiction so many times that to get to see it in real life is just like beyond thrilling. And I'm, yeah. you know, even though both of the pilots were white men. They have an initiative. And they were
1: escaping Earth right as Black Lives Matter was. (laughs) That's
5: right.
2: (laughs) There is an initiative in this program to get people of color and diversity into space as well. So they talked about that at the launch, which is really powerful and really exciting. And, you know, if we are going to, I talk about this all the time, but if we're going to survive as a species, if we're going to make it as a species, um, we need to get behind science. We need to get behind this idea of like exploring the solar system and, and maybe even settling on other planets and it's time to throw away the world colon, the word colonizing. We don't need it anymore because there's yeah. this, this shift happening towards this world, this word settling on other planets instead of colonization. That's something I learned from Bill Nye on the science rules podcast, which I very highly recommend. It's really cool. It was like, you know, I used to listen to uh, uh star talk, Neil deGrasse Tyson's show, because I love listening to Bill Nye so, so much, but now he's got his own show and, um, yeah, so now I listen to that, and it's great. Anyway.
1: And um, to answer your question, the International Space Station has been uh, the first long-term of residents arrived on the 2nd of November in 2000, so it'll be 20 years in November. Wow. Huh. Isn't that incredible? Wow. And like- the first ISS component was launched in 1998
2: it's It's an amazing It's another amazing feat of human ingenuity that we've had people living in space for twenty years, And like, no one even fucking talks about that. We don't even really recognize yeah. it. And I think a big part of the reason why is because it is the international space Station mm. and we haven't been launching people there for the last ten years. Like if our scientists are yeah. going, they've been going in rockets in other countries. and i it kind of hurts my heart that that is not. Uh, like, we don't see the live launches for that, like, we only see it for America, and yes, I'm stoked that it's happening in America, but I'm stoked that it's happening in China, too, or in Russia, too, and I want to see that as well. Um, so, I don't know, I mean, I my feelings about privatization mixing in with the governmental agencies are softening. Because I'm excited that it opens more possibilities for us as a human race, mm-hmm. and if we only yep, focus sure. on what NASA is doing, they're they're limited by you know governmental budgets and the shifting budgets and the shifting political atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they are harnessing the power of the private sector and and if we're working in conjunction together, yeah. we can accomplish more. And this is an example of that. Um, and that spaceship was rad. It looked really cool, <laughs> very 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 spacey. I'm for it. <laughs> Yeah. Any other thoughts about the the Crew Dragon launch?
1: And that's the space I it news. Was yeah. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. I hope it's not a. I hope it's not a hoax. I. I, I want no, to see being that silly. mouse. I'm being silly.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're on high mouse alert. Oh anyway. yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm just saying. I just hope that, like you said, that we get to see some. Uh, launches from other countries. Like I don't think it should be about America all the time. Like if space yeah. exploration is happening, we should see what's happening with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's
4: international. It's global. We need to come together yeah. as like a species and forget all the stupid borders and you know different races or whatever. We're we're one species. Just let's let's get on with it. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. That is the <laughs> that is there. the thing. That is like the secret. That's the secret message. Like it's not a secret, but like that is the the big thing that that will allow us to succeed as a species is if we stop thinking of ourselves as like all these different, um, you know, groups of humans or races of humans. We are the human race. Like we are one tribe. (laughs) And if we all get together and work together while still respecting our differences and recognizing our differences, if we all decide to work together, we can make it, you know, we can be this like utopian intergalactic species. We can make that happen. We can get out in space (laughs) and like... Live the Star Trek future. I hope to see it.
5: Well, I hear you and I appreciate what you're saying about um, also recognizing difference because I think this distinction between I don't see race or I don't see that's really important to eradicate as an anti. Yeah. And I know that's not what you're saying, but I just I just think bringing it up is important and because I think some people when they confront their racism or divisionism or whatever, they're like, well, I'm just going to erase all of the, you know the g- differences and it's not about racing them it's about like recognizing them it's and celebrating
1: them in a, yeah and recognizing yeah. them as well. yeah.
5: Yeah.
3: don't erase embrace yeah yes.
5: but I love you Jesse and I appreciate your optimism and I think it's <laughs> funny I think Alexandria and I are in balance with that and I think you're right yeah. we need we need the like Janes and Jessies of the world we need the Alexandria and Andy's of the world we need yes. all of the points of yeah. views to come together
2: yeah absolutely
1: yeah and that's the space
2: news
1: (laughs) (laughs) space news
2: man this has been awesome it's been so fun talking to you three but we are not done we have (laughs) hours more in this podcast because doug and i are going to be talking about Uh, Two episodes from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, season one, Progress and If Wishes Were Horses. (laughs) We originally live streamed the following discussion for Doug Space Nine on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Jesse Mercury Sci-Fi, January 4th, 2019, back... Back in a uh, <laughs> a different time. A simpler time. time. <laughs> um, so, there will be no more talk about what's happening because this is from the past. Um, which, for the first time, is going to be kind of a relief, you know? I always feel like I'm late getting these these things out because they're so far in the past. But this week, I'm like, oh, it'll be nice to listen to something from the past where the world wasn't on fire. Um, so, here's your escapism for the next few hours with some Doug Space Nine. Uh, and if you want to watch this instead of listening to it, it is on my YouTube page so you can check it out there and one more special thank you to jane alexandria and andy for joining us today this was such such a cathartic conversation it feels so good talking to you three about what's happening in the world and of course about space which is what brings us all together so thank you all so much
4: yeah yeah thanks for having us
2: yes anytime all right any final thoughts from the three of you before we kick it over to doug space nine
5: Keep it spacey. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. All right. Thank you all so much. And let's kick it over to Doug and I from the past with Doug Space 9. I know. It's so rude. Stupid <laughs> streaming software. All right, here we go. That's it. That? We're doing it. Ba 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 yeah, ba,
0: right. ba 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 <laughs> ba
2: ba 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 Wait, we're not singing the words right. Doug Space Nine. Doug Space Nine. Ba, 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 ba. It's Doug Space Nine time. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Hello, we're live. Here we go. Doug Space Nine time. Jesse oh. left me
0: some toys to play with. <laughs>
2: Oh, these are like your glasses. Those are those are my blue blocker glasses. Yeah, that I don't use for anything, but they look really good on you. Hold oh, on, let me get us yeah. bigger. I want to see. Look at that. Yeah, uh, that's really good. These are my streaming safety goggles, <laughs> like rectangular goggles around circular glasses. Yeah, <laughs> is, is a really good look. Yeah, yeah, those are designed to like make to use at night. You know, like on your phone. Oh, how yeah, it has yeah, that, yeah yeah That thing. That's yeah, the redshift. Yeah, 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 like it blocks blue light to help you go to sleep better, yeah, I guess. Right,
0: because we know you're going to be scrolling through your phone. Yeah, definitely. So four in the morning with insomnia.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's for, but I haven't used it in a while. I, I On Halloween, I was streaming on Twitch, and I wore those as part of a costume I was wearing, and yeah. it
0: gave me such a headache that oh. I haven't worn them since. They do look cool, but yeah, I could see that driving you crazy.
2: Yeah, anyway, well, here we go. Doug Space Nine time. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm Let's very excited. Let's join the Dutch
0: space nine time continuum.
2: Um, today we're talking about progress <laughs> and if wishes were horses.
3: <laughs> Are you
2: ready? Are you excited? Yeah, this is good because it's a weird. It's a weird one, Miles. You got to stop. Stop licking. Yeah, this is a weird stop pair. Here, you come here. Miles won't stop licking, so he gets to come sit with us. Okay.
0: Say hello. Hello, Miles.
2: Wait, Hi. I, I did that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um okay well let's get started progress season one episode 14 it's it's a bit of a piece of garbage yeah i did not just me
0: no i did not like it no it's not good and for this purpose of this show and just in general for uh star trek stuff i mean i am on memory alpha it feels like every day all day me too but i usually don't go i usually stop after the you know the in-universe stuff, and I almost never do deep dives into the behind-the-scenes stuff. I've never been the kind of person that, that you know, f- too much follows the behind-the-scenes stuff. Sometimes it's interesting, but it's really not, you know... I'm more of someone who really just likes the thing itself, you uh-huh. know? This time I was like, I need some fucking context. <laughs> I need to know... What happened here? What was going on? Yeah,
2: what did I, you find out? Because I just did the memory alpha, and I was like, this is unsatisfactory. And yeah. that the episode was also unsatisfactory, yeah. and I just <laughs> walked away feeling unsatisfied. So what did you find?
0: Well, okay, let's do the, the summary of the episode. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's not so, do this backwards. Yeah, so the, <laughs> in this episode, the A story is that... Uh, the Bajorans have a moon that a handful of people live on, and they're kicking those people off of the moon, and they're going to suck power or whatever, energy, out of the moon and shoot it over to Bajor. So right. they're basically going to turn this moon into a giant battery right. to help power their planet. Hi, Amanda. And then they're going uh, to... They, so then the people that live there uh, have to move, right. and then there's just one grumpy asshole who's not gonna move, he's like he's he's like the dude from Up, you know, like we're <laughs> <laughs> The dog? Yeah. Squirrel! <laughs> <laughs> Douglas, that was his name. Was it? Oh, that's right, it was Douglas. Yeah. yeah, so he's basically saying, like, go ahead and kill me but I'm not gonna leave my stupid farm because of whatever, I'm a grumpy old man, right? and that's what we do. And then the episode is the A story is then centered around Kira and her relationship that she establishes with this guy and then eventually is like, okay, now you gotta go. And then they take him away and it's the end of the episode.
2: It's literally what happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's <laughs> just like I can't leave, I'll die. And she's like, I won't let you and beats right. him away and that's it. Yeah. And it makes next to no sense whatsoever. Yeah,
0: because she couldn't convince him and it's clear yeah. she can't convince him. So then she decides... So
2: she torches his fucking house. <laughs> she burns his house down.
0: But, and, it's, and she makes that choice, it seems, because so the other thing is that it's th- th- That I did think was kind of interesting is Kira, uh, he kind of guilts Kira into like, hey, you fought against the Cardassians, and they were like dicks to you. Right. And now you're being a dick to me. And that makes you a Cardassian. Basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. So it's then weird logic. She kind of like joins him and is like going to live there for a couple of days yeah. and help him out.
2: She's like building this kiln thing that he's working yeah. on.
0: How long does it take to put
2: bricks on a kiln? Because they did they they cut back to that like three times yeah. before saying,
0: Well, it's finally finished. There we go. We set the little And I'm gonna brick blow it up. Here. Like
3: uh, it's
2: so and she weird.
0: just phasers it, like. Yeah. But then she I feel like it was her conversation with Cisco, because Cisco comes down and, and he's like, Okay, this is nonsense. You <laughs> got to go. You can't be doing this. Or, you know, you're throwing away your career. Right. If you're gonna do this, then you're done with uh, uh, working for the Bajoran government and all that you know do you you really want to go all in on this thing and it seems like that sort of shakes her out of it and is like yeah okay I really this is a bad idea and I feel like they were trying to establish the idea of like oh let's make the building of this kiln like a, a metaphor of some kind or some kind of thing, so then the completion of it can mean he can get his closure and he can move on, but as soon as it's done, he's like, all right, let's get let's build something else now. And yeah. then she's like, all right, we're gonna phaser this and teleport you away yeah, yeah it's and then yeah, and then it's it's so unsatisfactory it's 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 they created an unsolvable problem and then didn't solve it yeah, which on one try. level I feel like on one level that could be an interesting form of storytelling. So then it makes me wonder, is it the execution of it? Was it the execution of what I feel like could be a good premise? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. I was thinking along the same lines. Hold on, I'm just checking this real quick. For an episode that I didn't like, I felt like I really did try to, in my own mind, analyze, like, why did I not like this? And that was the one thing I came up with was... Well, no, I do kind of like because I do like complicated, messy storytelling. I love Star Trek, <laughs> but one of the one of the things that Star Trek, I think, uh, early Star Trek especially does is have really relatively simplistic things. They create problems that seem intractable, but then they solve them through grit and determination and make them up science. and Or then like move convincing on. a computer to destroy <laughs> itself. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I was what's thinking that? three plus one. I was thinking that during this episode, it's like
2: all of this. All of these premises are kind of interesting to me. Yeah. You know, like the idea of Kira having this interesting father-daughter relationship yes. with this guy that she just met where they, they kind of fall into a relationship really quickly and yep. then she's like living there and tending him and by his bedside. I'm like this is kind of interesting right. given what we know about Kira. Or it would be interesting it if they gave be. us any reasons why this is happening. Yeah or, or she talked at all about how she's feeling towards this guy like he's a father figure, yep. or if she talked at all about like her own father and her complicated relationship with him, right. or maybe her father was killed by Cardassians and like this is a way of getting him back somehow. Yep. There like there's so many ways how this could have been interesting. All these mute people that live there who right. just vanish halfway through the episode and they, never come back. Well,
0: uh, they tell yeah, they teleport them away because the, the when they when they Do bring down the security the second time. a scuffle ensues, and then the Bajoran security is just like laser. (laughs) Right, totally shoot this farmer. Yeah, because also they attacked him. That's right. They like hurt one of the security people. Right. They actually they they, stabbed him. They stabbed him. Yeah, they stabbed him.
2: Yeah, you have this situation where you have Bajorans fighting against Bajorans for wanting to live their own way of life and being forced not to for the good of the rest of Bajor, which is inherently interesting, but then just not. Developed. Like, they didn't develop any of their premises in this episode yep. at all. Except th- for Nog and Jake, whose storyline is wonderful. Once again. The B plot.
0: The NoJ Consortium. Once again, this is the, awesome. The NoJ Consortium saves a Deep Space Nine episode from just being <laughs> this <is> a complete <laughs> waste of time. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like, the B plot is. Is great. It's fun. It's so fun. So like, the- Nog and Jake kind of stumbling their way into Profit. Yeah. Like, the tingling in the lobes, and Jake <laughs> kind of getting on board with his friend's way of life. Yeah. And kind of, uh, that, like, cultural interchange that's happened between them, just allowing them to have fun as friends at this point. It's mm-hmm. great. I love it.
0: So the B-plot is that, uh... Rom apparently had ordered what they've this is the first time they've mentioned it the yamuk sauce it was some like nameless Ferengi it was like oh I thought it was Rom wasn't I, thought, it some, I, thought he, I thought he was talking about his brother like being useless or who was he in the
2: beginning of the episode he's like yelling at some guy when they're walking down the stairs he's like you ordered this how uh, dare you but it, yeah, it was maybe, someone else I
0: thought it was Rom Oh, okay. uh, in my head, I had it as Rom the whole time. But yes, yeah. so someone on Some his dumb staff <laughs> yeah, ordered 5,000 wrappages of, <laughs> of, of Yamek sauce, which is Cardassian sauce. pasta sauce. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. Mayonnaise for Cardassians. Yeah. Or sriracha.
2: <laughs> it's Vegemite for Vegemite, Cardassians.
0: Yeah. And then, so now, of course, it's a Bajoran station, so they don't need the Yamek sauce. Yeah, And Quark doesn't care. He's just like, this is a waste of time. Let's get rid of it. But then, Nog... His lobes are tingling. <laughs> he sees opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so then they want to sell it. They can't sell it. So then it turns into this exchange. Like, well, let's trade the yamak sauce for this, and let's trade this thing for this. And then, it, interestingly, does it? It dovetails in at the end because the, the the stories do cross over. Yeah. Because they're getting they're booting this old asshole off of the the moon, and they need to give him land. And through this. Ex- laddering exchange the progress uh, of their trade. Sure. Uh, uh, the Noj Jno. I keep getting No me. Noj. I the, think the Noj consortium winds up owning land on Bajor Right. And so I think then it's like, oh well, we're going to put this guy on that land. Maybe I think like, that- I like
2: that. I think that's kind of implied. It's but, implied. We don't know explicitly. I think that that guy has nanites in his body. Where if he leaves this moon, he'll, <laughs> he'll die. die. Yeah, because <laughs> he keeps like insisting that he'll die if he leaves this moon. Yeah, <laughs> and they don't. They never like talk about that. I watched this with Andy, and she's just like, "What does he mean by that?" And I'm like, "I don't know."
0: I I took it to mean like spiritually, like I right. will be a broken man. Right. You know, this it's, is it's the
2: exact same plot as the ensigns of command from like season two or three of Next Generation where Data goes to that planet and no one wants to leave. Oh, and then and he, the like, are fucks coming, up their planet. So he, like, fries <laughs> <Yeah>. their aqueducts, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with his phaser. Which is, like... It's the exact same
0: plot. Which is so weird that, I mean, not that we need to talk about TNG, but, like, yeah. that's a bold Data move, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was, ba- but that was but ba- one <laughs> android with one phaser. <laughs> but that was back when Data... Was it the Sheliac and that? I think it was. Yeah. Those are the people that were, like, they just showed them with, like, Lights behind them, and they were like, "We right. we have a million page rule book, right. and we will not negotiate with you." Totally. And the solution to that one was Picard reading, like, "No, it says here, right?" Reading the rule book. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it, it, like that episode is okay. I li- but, like. Yeah. I like it. I like it. But except doing, for doing solution, <laughs> doing it again now makes no sense. Yeah. Like, like doing that same plot again without expanding upon it, makes no sense. And that's just it. It's, and it's the same fucking solution. We'll burn his house down and walk away. <laughs> right. Like, you you can't live here anymore. Let me show you why I burned your house down. Let's leave. Right, Like, right. What, what is that?
0: Yeah. Uh, it feels less like where Data was just doing a giant violation of Starfleet principles on his own. Yeah. This felt a little more like, okay, this is... Kira is an acting agent of the Bajoran government who has told this guy that he's got to leave. I, I, they don't say it, but the implication is, like, also, you don't own this land. Right. Like, you just came to this moon. Right. you don't own this moon. Right. So, Mullabok. Right, we can is just... his name, Mullabok? Mullabok, I think so, yeah. So we can just make you leave. So... Yeah.
3: Well,
2: there's an interesting question there of, like, this Bajoran wanting to live his way of life and being forced not to by his own people when, for... When they've right. been forced not to by Cardassians, right. For that,
0: decades, that's a, also plays into what we're saying. Is there's an yeah. interesting, there's the potential for an interesting story here right. that then just doesn't go. But anywhere. It doesn't
2: happen. I mean, you even have, like you said, the Bajoran security guards fighting against these Bajoran peasants. Right. And, but it's not explored it's not like talked about yeah. I, I guess a little bit with the whole idea of Kira now being on the other side like Kira is now authority and like she'd been fighting authority her whole life yeah.
0: and I do think they get further into that into into Kira's story l- later in d 69 9 that right. feeling of like oh now I'm a revolutionary who's part of a power and there are still revolutionaries who are fighting against me right. as a representative of power but this episode right. does not touch it
2: right totally and it should like why doesn't it, it should I don't know. it's right it, there it's really confusing it's, it's a very confusing Using episode to watch because it feels like it's going somewhere and right. then it just doesn't yeah and then it's like oh well it's over
0: yeah 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 it's, what it's happened one of those just like <laughs> here's the solution yeah that also is the solution that there was no reason you could not have done that out of the gate right they could have just been like we let's detect just, life there oh let's beam them up and let's call just it set their down.
2: house on fire and leave <laughs> what's up bga player welcome hello i feel like notifications didn't go out i've oh. been having i've been having massive issues with that as, since i've been sick like, if you don't go on YouTube all the time, it seems like they don't send out notifications when you uh, go live.
0: they're like, hey, yeah. if you're not telling people stuff, then we're just going to tone things down for you. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's really frustrating. It's so we, have a, we have a thin, thin feed today.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, we're still going to have as much fun as we... Almost as much fun almost as we as as would as anyway. <laughs> yeah. Good to see a VGA player. Hello! Did you guys get notifications that we were live? Because, yeah, I'm a little troubled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually, when we have this few people, and it means that notifications did not work. Oh. I've had this happen a couple times where I went live, and like I, I hear from like dozens of people later, it's like you didn't tell me you were live. I didn't get a notification. Oh, I'm like, well, that's YouTube's fault. Sorry. Mm. Can you, we can you? we
0: push a notification through the?
2: I thought that I thing. did by doing the by setting the, to the thing
0: notification.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: boop 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 beep, boop. Beep, beep. Um, yeah, by, like, setting the, the stream time, like I was telling you before. Like, I thought that would fix the problem, yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. think that worked. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't know how any of those YouTube works. has been fucking with me recently. Like, they they took away my, the, the channel membership button. Oh. You can now, you can, like, if you click right here. Oh, no, it's gone now. Holy fuck. Oh. Jesus Christ. What is their problem? Okay, it's here, though. You can see it here, like, join on YouTube Gaming. Oh. So, the join button has disappeared from, like, more than half the places it was supposed to be weird and they haven't told me anything about why
0: i've told jesse before that i may find out one day that this has all been a scam that there aren't there aren't people yeah watching <laughs> it this is just jesse wants company to come over so he yeah this is this my elaborate excuse. setup yeah I,
2: I was actually talking to andy yesterday about how like podcasting was kind of this great excuse to invite people over. yeah to chat, yeah,
0: yeah. You know? <laughs> it's pretty good it's a good one
2: Ugh. Yeah, this this is much more expensive though.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it would be a lot for my company.
2: Yeah, I you know I, we, I keep thinking maybe I should try Twitch and YouTube keeps making it like right. harder to stay. Yeah, but I I love YouTube like I this is where I want to succeed. Yeah, yeah, know? absolutely. And yeah. I've had like a lot of success here, but then. Like whenever I'm sick and I can't stream all the time, it just it's like starting over every yeah, time. Yeah, it
0: seems weird if they make you like, no, you've got to keep. You're on a fucking streaming treadmill, and if you step off, then yeah,
2: totally. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. I don't know if I don't know if Twitch is like that though. I mean, it, it could be like that. Anyway, anyway. Um, thank you guys for being here. Those thank of you, you that are here, you guys yeah. are awesome. <laughs> I, I did anyone who's here? Did anyone get notifications that we were going live? I haven't heard from anyone. That would be great to know.
0: Turns out that they're not even I, hearing this. One
2: time, this happened, and I, cu- I killed the stream and restarted, and like fifteen people showed up immediately because uh, wow. like notifications went out. So. Wow. But I don't think we should do that. I think yeah. we should just
0: keep going. I'm tough it out. Yeah. Um. So oh, so they were so we we there's the there's the gist of the two stories. Yeah. The thing that I had read was that oh, the, yeah. the writer of the episode had intended for Mullabach, the the old man farmer asshole. To be an unredeem, an unredemptive asshole. Right. He, he, wa- I read that he too. wanted that yeah. guy to be uh, uh, unliked and not, you know, not a good guy, and not someone who comes around at the end. Right. And it, and he doesn't. He doesn't really come around at the end. They still force him out of there. Right. But then it sounds like the issue for them was that he came across as somewhat charming and likable. You right. know, and that does create an issue with it because it does change the nature of the relationship. Because Kira does seem to grow affection for him, even though the intention was that he's right. someone who's supposed to be, you know, he's like endlessly mean to her
2: with a wink and a smile, yeah, in a way that's like kind of obvious that he likes her, yeah, and that she likes him, yeah. I, I did read that that he was supposed to be unlikable, and that's even more interesting. Like this mean authoritarian Bajoran acting horrible to Kira claiming that she's acting horrible to him and then she's got to kind of figure out what's right and what's wrong because right. she's always on Bajor's side you know she's yep. always on the the side of the people of Bajor and yep. it it's interesting that she's put in a position where she has to like burn this guy's house
0: down because right, it is choosing to save his life one guy versus all the people that are going to benefit from the
2: power right and it sounds like there was another plan that was slower that would work. Yeah, something, yeah, but I forget... Which I wish they hadn't mentioned, because it kind of, like, confuses everything even further. Yeah,
0: why did they reject that plan? They they, they yeah. throw it out there, and then Cisco says something about it, and then I forget. Maybe it was just the time that it was going to take too long. Yeah. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah. they would the, the other option, based on what they've established in the universe here, would have been, wait for this guy to die.
2: Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so unsatisfying. Yeah. Like, I just... It does it feels like a waste of time. Like yeah. it, it feels like there's no point to this story. Like right. why was this story told? I tr- I tried to figure it out. I tried to figure like what's the under like pinnings. Like what's the right. what's what's the word that I'm trying to think of like the what's the themes? What's the Yeah, yeah. What what is this? Like what is the substance? What substance is the word I'm trying to think? Like what is the substance of this episode? Right. And I I, like, still don't know. I, I think I know what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. but none of it is there. None of it's in the episode, and it just, like, leaves you feeling empty and bored at the end.
0: Yeah, it's unsatisfactory, and it's, again, except for the B story. Right. And it is another one of those where, okay, this is a Deep Space Nine story. You know, there is the elements of that that this couldn't, even though we're saying it's essentially the same structure... Uh, of the TNG episode because of the Bajoran element uh, and um, Kira going from the uh, rebellion to the authority there are aspects of this that do make it like this is a Deep Space Nine story even the B story to a degree of like oh you're a hub of trade and now these kids are engaged in that trade Yeah, but just because it is a Deep Space Nine story, it doesn't do anything to further any of the larger themes or stories or characters in Deep Space Nine. Right. It's and, just
2: kind of there. And even as much as I like the Beast story, I feel like it's a little forced. Like when you when <laughs> when the kids overhear Quark and Odo talking about you know this No-J consortium, right, right. You know, and then realize that they have that opportunity, it's just kind of random chance that they discover what to do with the land. Miles, right. stop liking you, jerk. My dog's just like licking his
0: hot spot. <laughs> um, it would be fun if it had been a serialized show and then it was like, oh, these two kids own land on Bajor. That they yeah, totally. Eat. Yeah. Uh... Yeah,
2: I mean, it, it feels like a little too lucky that they lucked into this profit yeah. at the end and we don't even get to see what the profit is and right. we don't get to see how it ties into the other story because it seems like it was supposed to somehow. Right. So even though I love the B story and I, I really enjoy the B story, it still f- left me feeling a little bit like wanting at the end.
0: Yeah, the B story I think it's it's good. I do like it, but yeah. I think I think we both feel that it's better than it perhaps is because of the contrast <laughs> with yeah, the A story. Because it's the only thing like worth seeing in the yeah. episode. Totally. Yeah. Oh, it was just yeah. so painful.
2: And it's a weird one where like because it was so bad, I don't really have that much to say about no, it. No. Like it's already just, running out of right. steam on this episode, which is weird. We usually talk for an hour per episode. For episode. Yeah. We're like 20 minutes in. You're like, oh, I mean, is there anything else to talk about on this one, or should we rate it?
0: Uh, Well, I will say that, you know, this is, again, I think, bolsters my argument. Because now we're at, like, the halfway point. We're at about. We're, we're, we're so-
2: actually. Next week is the last two in season one. No, is it a shorter? It's, short, it's season? a
0: shorter season. It's like oh. it's like eighteen or nineteen episodes. Okay, yeah. So this is more evidence to me that Deep Space Nine season one, or the week after, it's the week after. I'm sorry, there's two okay. more, two more. There's four more episodes. Four more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how Discovery has a pretty solid season. No, compared to no. <laughs> some of these dogs that we just uh, this episode
2: to is the only one. So far of this season, that was as bad as what Discovery offers. <laughs> season one,
0: maybe that other
2: one that. Uh, oh, that was the other one that you hated? The Ennis and the Null Ennis uh, episode yeah. was
0: yeah. yeah. Now there's an earlier one that we were both like. I feel like there's one that got like threes from us. We'll check the charts. yeah. We'll we get check to the there. chart. Oh, the other Science thing. And stuff. The other thing that that I thought, it's not fun, but this is the way my mind worked when I was watching, because I did two watches of this episode. Oh, I'm sorry. And No, 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 it's kind of like, because I like to, you know, get my I thoughts could, I, couldn't, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. That said, I didn't finish the second watch. I yeah. was like, oh, right, I get it, I get it. But uh, what had occurred to me was like, oh, there's an interesting math problem to be had here We can start to solve some things. So, like, 5,000 wrappers of yamak sauce is worth approximately 4 to 5 bars of gold pressed platinum, Okay. Which Cork threatens to take out of someone's paycheck. Right. Over I wrote it down cuz I was like, "Oh yeah, you That could, was ex- insane. Yeah, cuz you could reverse injury, uh, ha, Oh yeah, I wrote half of Nog's half of his paycheck every week for the next 6 years. 6 years, years. So, that's right. So that's you would say that's 3 years of salary. Wow. Right? Cuz if it's if it's half the check for 6 years. So, full salary. So, three years of salary is 5,000 rapages, of, which seems really... So, like, one year is like a bar and a half of latinum?
2: That's, I guess, right. That's... Well, I think that they work for tips.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's getting... Well, Andy's he's Ferengi, so he's probably getting paid real low. Yeah. Quark is yeah, going to be cheap. Quark is,
2: like, definitely going to be
0: cheap. They say four to five bars is a lot of Like, that's said, like, that's a lot of latinum. Yeah. And then that same value, 5,000 rapages, is worth... 14,000 hey. self-sealing stem bolts. Right. So the the three stem bolts is worth one wrappage of gammax sauce. Okay. And then all I'm of this yeah. is worth seven oh, tes of land. Gamma guy displayed hey! a dollar in super chat. Oh thank you, man, so much. I appreciate that. Nice. See, I told you that if I did a deep dive into the cost of Yannick Sauce Cell Sealing Extembolts, tessipates of Bajoran Land... Hey, what's up, Snapper?
2: Alright, it's like the notification just went out They're or something. You, I don't yeah. know what's happening. <laughs> Welcome, dude, it's good to see it. Uh, um,
0: yeah, and then seven tessipates of Land, which I couldn't find any reference to that. Yeah. So, basically, like... Th- Three years of salary, right. of low-tip wages, <laughs> equals a certain amount of land, which has, feels like it's got to be a, a decent amount. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, it just doesn't So make what I came to sense. is that yamak sauce is fucking expensive.
2: Yeah. It must taste real good. But only to Cardassians. But only to Cardassians. It doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this episode is just, like, like pretty badly written, you know? What like the, There, there are, like, huge holes in this plot. You know, yeah, yeah. That just don't... They don't even try to fill. Yes. And then, like, the only thing that's interesting about the plot, they don't even try to develop. Yes. So, like, what is this it episode? It just sits there.
0: Yeah, this is... Again, I, I, I believe that it is false track to skip episodes. Right. But if you were gonna skip episodes... This is one to skip. Yeah. Although it is the first mention, I believe, of Sauce, which they do... I think that... And beca- self-stealing and, and, Right, those both... Come they back both come
2: back in yeah. joke so... I, I thought for a minute that this was the great Material Continuum episode. And uh, I'm like, I thought that was, like, seasons later. I right. guess it's now, but it's not. It's seasons later. Oh! Um, but this th- is, like, kind of a prequel to that. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, the other thing that stood out for me, and I've been thinking about this a little bit watching Z-Space9, and this one really makes it clear. There's a weird thing about Ferengis in ears that I feel like the more I think about it, the more I... Get a little bit uncomfortable with it. <laughs> like what? Well, it's very clear that they've sexualized ears.
2: Yeah, they right? have sexual pleasure from people touching their ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: and it because it's and it's beyond just like when you give a, a human a, a like a massage. No, it's like a hand job. It, or yeah, like an over the clothes hand job, maybe at the very least, or under the or under the clothes. Job. But yeah. yeah, it's clearly like Umox is clearly a sexual yes thing definitely. But then it's also like you know. Uh, um Cork will grab Nog's ears as like punishment. Oh. So it's also like a grabbing him by his sex. It's like being grabbed by the dick and pulled across yeah. the room when or, you don't want it. Or maybe uh. nipples because it I mean they're not they're not I reproductive. Think, I, so it's got to be an nipples. Is a better it's an erogenous zone because like nipples
2: are either it's either erotic to be touched there or like. Maybe, like, kind of sensitive and yeah, painful if yeah. it's not warmed up correctly. Right, and then... Death by Umox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And then
0: in their own, you know, language, they, like, my ears are tingling
3: yeah.
2: when
0: an opportunity arises. So it's like, that's just weird. Like, yes, my, my erogenous zones are excited by this opportunity.
2: Yeah. That so, makes sense to me though. It's, it's like with with the Ferengi like being physically turned on by
0: profit opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I I buy that. So yeah, it just it made me think more about the way that they portray Ferengi in their ears.
2: Yeah, that is. I've never thought about them like grabbing by the ear because they do that a lot. A lot. So it's yeah. like giving
0: each other titty twisters.
2: <laughs> I know. I think you're right. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Oh, and then Morn made a move on Dax. That's the other. That's thing. right. We've Morn made a move on move on Dax, <laughs> and she thinks that he's kind of cute. He's cute. Yeah. This yeah. is where we start to see that Dax. I would say not Jedzia. I think the Dax symbiont is kind of a horn dog. Maybe. I think. It, I think we see more of it later, where it's just like, yeah. I, I think. I think that, or at Dax, least the symbiont has a broader view of what could be yes, considered sexually. Attractive. That
2: I agree with. I think that Dax is like attracted to a wide range of things that yeah. would surprise. If most you were going
0: to do this show now, you would make Dax. It would be explicit, like a pansexual. Character, you know. Yeah, totally. I don't think you could have sold that
2: anything except for Julian Bashir,
0: (laughs) right? Which we can get into more than next next episode. episode, Yeah, totally. Boy.
2: Yeah, I mean, every episode has like a moment or two of fun character stuff, even if the episode is bad. But this one, I feel like has the least. I
0: hated Mullaback. That was the other thing I wrote on. I hated. Yeah, I hated the way he was like creepy. He was so creepy and there were some actor choices there that I thought like like you're saying where he's being gross on purpose but it's also like being gross with the I don't know it's just something turned me off about all that
2: yeah the way he like called what did he call Kira, like girl or girl, yeah, yeah. and he
0: kept calling her like cutie, I think, and being very dismissive, gender-based dismissive.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: And it's like, why? Why
2: does this Bajoran man on this other planet's moon act like a creepy old white guy? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. an entitled.
2: Yeah, like an entitled farmer white guy. Yeah, sometimes I get frustrated with how close things are to our society when they're in other societies mm-hmm. and I, I understand that they're like trying to tell stories about our society right. by examining it through like an alien culture but it's like uh, that kiln was made of parts that they bought at home depot <laughs> <you know>? like <laughs> yeah. they didn't even try uh, yeah well let's rate this episode i feel like okay. unfortunately there's not much to talk about with this one
0: no it just wasn't oh the other thing that i wrote down was that it's the fifth moon of Bejor. And I meant to mention this in an earlier episode. Bajor has 14 planets. So wow. the bejoran system is fucking crowded. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. I never thought about that before. Yeah, it was one of the earlier episodes we saw. They mentioned the, the 14th planet, or, or I think it was uh, Keiko doing school. I think mm-hmm. there's like, you are overhearing it, and they're like, in the 14 planets of the bejoran system, wow. Bajor is the 11th.
2: Okay, so, so is this moon... This moon is like a moon of
0: Bajor. It's of not, Bajor. not even one of those planets.
2: Not even one of the planets. Yeah. Right. So it's just crowded as shit. Yeah. All right, I popped the the poll in the chat, Click there to rate this episode. Uh, if anybody votes at all, then your vote will count a lot.
0: <laughs> um, oh, Doug, what do you think? Well, I was going to say, quite the snapper wanted to know if Umox was spelled correctly. Oh, I don't know. I think That's it's... That's not correct. It's... O-O hyphen M-A-X oh is it ooh Mox (laughs) so what do we rate this episode this is a tough one really I don't know it's a three I think a three and it's I love I really do like the B story but I feel like what the fuck is happening when I type three it jumps down oh you get something let me uh, do that one yeah it's numlock So that's why, because Ah, that—that's the. Thank you. You're welcome. No, look, I'll go five, five, because what? Because of the B story.
2: Okay, here's how. Here's my thought on this. The B story is a five. Yeah. But the main story is like, like a one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought the main story was probably like a one or a two. And but I thought the B story was. I like the B story. I would have like if this was just the episode. I could have seen myself giving the episode like even a six or a seven. The B story? The B story, yeah. So that's why I'm going with 5.
2: Yeah, so I, this happened before where like the B story was way higher than the A story, but yeah. then, I think this happened last time actually with Battle Lines, like the main plot was a 2, but the B yeah, story you, was like, like a 3 or 4, but oh, I still yeah, gave you, it a 2. You gave
0: it a 2, yeah. I gave it a 5. Yeah, see that's my... 5.5, 5,
2: yeah. 5 is like my... <laughs> I, I, I don't know, is this better or worse than Battle Lines?
0: I think it's worse.
2: I, well, the B story oh, yeah. of this episode so, is better than anything in Battle Lines, for sure. You know what? Let's
0: give me... I'm going to go a four. You're going down to four. Well, yes. no, you made a good point. Is this better or worse than Battle Lines? Yeah. Uh, battle Lines, at least the A story was like, oh, this is kind of... A, the premise itself was... It, it was. Oh, yeah.
2: Sorry. and the, the B story, of that was the, the Tetrarch, which I liked. Yeah. It was a good B story. It was Nog and Jake again,
0: saving the day. Saving the day, yeah. Yeah. Shit. So, yeah, relatively speaking, this one's a 4.
2: I, uh... They're both bad episodes. I'm gonna give this a 2.5. All right. Because the B story is better than the B story of Battle Lines. Yeah. Um, the A story is kind of... I don't know. I mean, it's either worse or the same for me.
0: See, at least... So, not... I don't know what I'm saying at least. Ooh, we got ratings. Thank you, guys. We got a 4.5 from the chat. Four and a half. Oh, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you for participating. It makes me feel good. Like, Battle Lines, you weren't (laughs) supposed to like anyone, and they that carried it, you know? Yeah. Well, now we got the tough part. Um, and also that guy from Breaking Bad was better than this guest star who apparently is a, is an actor of some renown, uh, who played Mullabock.
2: Yeah. I read about him a little bit and his story is very sad.
0: Oh, I didn't know. I didn't read about the actor. I I just knew that he had been, I just read
2: that his, uh, his daughter committed suicide and then he killed himself like a week later. Oh God. That's awful. That's rough. yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's keep it cheery now. Uh, favorite character. <laughs> character. Is uh, that what we do next? That is, right? Yeah. Favorite character, then best performance? Yeah. yeah. Okay, favorite character in this episode. Uh,
0: Jake and Nog. Jake and Nog, yeah. Have to be on there. Kira. Kira, I guess. Yeah, Mullabach, because he's a huge part of it. <laughs> I ain't no Mullabach girl. <laughs> I don't know how to spell that. Uh, I think that's right. I wrote it down. Oh, that's close. 1L M-U-L-I B-O-K
2: B-O-K I I was not that close at all Okay Uh, Who else in this episode For best
0: Or for favorite character (sighs) I mean Anyone that I mean Quark is in it for a minute Cisco's in it for a minute But Yeah
2: Does anyone have anyone They want to nominate
0: If chat wants to nominate someone I can't think of anyone else Yeah
2: Well let's go with those four Yeah Favorite character in this episode.
0: There's your poll. What do you think? I... Uh, this is such a tough one because, again, it's basically there's not a lot to pull from. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Jake. Um, and it's a tough call between Jake and Nog. Yeah. But I like Jake's character because they did something a little bit different here where Jake had more of an influence on Nog... Nog was ready to walk away when they right. couldn't get money for the yamak sauce. Yog was Yog. Nog yeah. was like, "Fuck it, I only want Latinum. I'm done." Right. But then Jake was like, "I don't know. This is kind of fun. I'm kind of getting into the whole Ferengi trade thing. Let's hear yeah, him out." So, totally. so his character, it was interesting because it was he was sort of nudging Nog along to the, you know, the the Ferengi commerce adventure. So, yeah, I agree, I, I agree. And I feel like a more mature Ferengi would obviously look at the opportunity to kind of keep laddering up right. and not just be like latinum or done right um
2: yeah.
0: and that's that is like really scraping the bottom of the barrel for something totally I feel like
2: I feel like it has to be between Nog and Jake for favorite character in this episode although Cisco does come in in the end and like <laughs> drop some logic and like be reasonable
0: if he like, could shave ten minutes off the episode, he would definitely get my vote because he definitely yeah. is like, "Hey, you know what? This is a hundred percent bullshit." Yeah,
2: and I actually really like his speech of like, "You know what, Major Kira? Like, I I like you, and I need you." Right. You know, I really like his presence in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I'm having a hard time. I I mean, I love Nog and Jake, but like, and I love their storyline in this one, but it doesn't really pay off or like develop in a way that's super satisfying to me. Right. Um. But they're they're both so charming. I'm struggling. I feel like my favorite moment in this episode is Cisco talking to Kira. Yep. So, based off that, I'm gonna say my favorite character in this episode is Cisco. Okay. Um, and then what does Chat say? Ah, oh, that feels wrong. That feels wrong. <laughs> no, it feels wrong. No, I'm going Jake. Okay. I, I normally. Normally I'd go Nog over Jake, but, but because Nog was like ready to quit. Basically because of what you said. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree with you. I think that it's Jake.
0: Because that is a character
2: decision. Oh, and Kira got the vote from yeah. the chat. I, Kira's actually, I think, a really valid yes. vote in this one because the writing is shit, but the character is strong. You know, yeah. And there's something about her presence in this that is compelling, even though everything happening around her is dumb.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree, and that's why my vote... Oh, well, we're not there yet. Well, we're there now. Best performance. Uh, yeah, uh, Kira. Kira. Nog, Jake, Mullabok. Jake. Cisco. Cisco.
2: I don't think I even put Cisco on the chat vote for favorite character, which is funny because <laughs> I was about to vote for that. Uh, and that's really everybody from this one. So, okay, you guys, here is the poll. Hey, what's up, Patrick?
0: Happy New Year! Happy New Year!
2: That's a good question. What did you do for New Year's? Uh... Mm,
0: nothing? <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't think we did anything. Our wedding anniversary is the first. Oh, so cool. Sometimes we'll do stuff the on the first. You got married on the first. Yeah. We were wow. trying to get married on New Year's Eve in Vegas. Fun. But the winds were too high, and we had rented a... We, we, we had... Not rented. We had reserved for, like, a hot air balloon, and then oh. they wouldn't do it because it was too windy. You guys so then are we had awesome. to reschedule, and then we wound up doing a helicopter one. Fun. On the first, yeah. You did, like, a Vegas helicopter wedding? We did, like, yeah, we got married in a helicopter. It's it's basically, like, I love you that. can call up a, like, get married company, and they're, right. like, send you what you need, and then you do whatever you want, you know? Right. So it wasn't like they offered a helicopter wedding. They were just, like, we just do marriages, and then we're, like, great, we reserved... Of helicopter tour of the strip so let's just get married while we're on our tour
2: kind yeah of cool that's yeah. awesome
0: how long ago was that? 13 years nice yeah very cool
2: uh, hey what's up Mike good to see you space balls indeed um, <laughs> yeah uh, Andy performed in this thing called New Voices at the right. Seattle Rep and it was a really great like night there was a ton of different performers a lot of people that I know through Andy from the musical theater scene here uh, and then there was a fireworks show at the Space Needle, which is like right outside. Yeah. So we actually got to see it from inside. Oh, wow. Which was really nice because it was warm. It was really fun. Nice. And then we went to her friend's after party.
0: Oh,
3: yeah, it was great. Fun. We
0: had a really fun night. Okay, uh, best performance. I'm going with Kira. You're going with Kira, yeah. Because yeah. I was torn between Kira as the performance or the character. I just forgot her name. And uh, Nana Visitor? Nana Visitor, thank you. And I know I can do both. Yeah. But I did want to do uh, uh, at least a little nod to the story yeah but i do think that it was you know uh as an actor she had a tough road to hoe here yeah. you know and um and i thought that she did she did well with with what i considered not a great story i know, know. she so. did do she did do really well like yeah
2: i really like nana, Vis- nana visitor i don't know how to i think it's nana i'm not, nana. not sure okay sure um I feel like when I saw... I, saw uh, I went to a Star Trek convention, and she like saw one of her Q&As, and I think uh, they announced her as Nana Visitor. Nana, okay. I'm pretty sure. I'll try to remember. Nana, uh, Nana, I don't remember for sure, though, because my memory's terrible. Nana, Nana, um, Nana, 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 I, I really like her a lot, and I feel like she gets the, the short end of the stick a lot on this show, as far as like what she's given to do.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it is just like make her be like frustrated at the moment. You totally, know? Very... yeah.
2: Yeah, but... Something about what she does with this episode I find to be very compelling, and it's fun to see her in this, like, uh, not domestic environment, but, like, agricultural yeah. environment that's just such a contrast to her character, and there's something about it that, like, draws her to want to work the land all of a sudden, or build this kiln out right. of Home Depot parts, <laughs> and I don't know, there's something about that that's just so, like, something, something that she did with it that is interesting, even yeah. though everything that everyone was saying was not interesting right what she did with it was interesting and i was so impressed by that yeah uh because this episode is is stupid garbage (laughs) but like it's almost worth watching just to see her character in that context yeah and i actually remember this episode vividly from the times i've seen it in the past i've seen it at least twice before not because of what happened but because of like seeing her uniform come Take apart yeah, right, right. and like see like the cool like lattice work on the top of her un- uniform yeah, yeah and just seeing her like be at ease for a minute was so interesting so yeah, yeah i'm giving it to her also yeah uh okay best performance from the chat goes Here, to kira where? all right we are in agreement Nana visitor sweeping the performance <laughs> category, which is great because in Battle Lines I was I, I was not wild about her performance choices. Uh, yeah, that was that Death Whale was a little intense for me. Yeah, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah, well,
0: all of them have a hard time with I think real broad kind of things. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Cisco has a tendency to go insane <laughs> when he gets something broad.
0: <laughs> um, cool. Well, should we take a break and then? What a great movie we've been jammed. Oh, yeah, Spaceballs. Oh. I haven't seen that space in balls years. Balls. That is a good movie, though. I do like that. Oh, uh, Mushrooms. Oh, yeah, Mushroom Rating. This is like a zero. Right? There's nothing. Well, there's no space magic here. There is space magic here. Uh-oh. Because six years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andy. What's up, Andy? There's financial space magic. Yeah,
2: financial <laughs> space magic. Exactly. <laughs> like six years of pay equals right. five bars of Latinum, which equals how many. Five thousand rapages. Five thousand rapages of a Yamak sauce which equals Terra quadrants of land. <laughs> yeah.
0: Tessa I've... Tessa
2: the Tesseract of Tessa, Land.
0: Tessa Parcels.
2: Tessa something.
0: I do appreciate that 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 uh tessipates. Tessipates. It's yeah. one of those things that Star Trek is wildly uh, inconsistent with.
1: Yeah. where sometimes
0: other cultures apparently measure everything in minutes and hours and a right. uh, metric system and then or other times or that anticipates, anticipates in in, in like, rapages rapages I guess rapages is an English word but we just is don't it? yeah I mean it does it is a thing but we just don't we never we literally don't refer to anything okay like it, it exists as a thing yeah a rapage but we don't measure anything in rapages i never
2: heard of rapages I'm gonna look it up right now <laughs>
0: rapages
2: rapages it's, did you mean Rap Pages? <laughs> About Rap Pages magazine.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, oh. It's in the Urban Dictionary. The other thing I wrote... Well, Urban it's, Dictionary, it's, rapage.
0: You're, you're spelling it wrong.
2: It's, oh, that explains W-R-A. a lot. W-R-A. Oh. So, it's wait, a, Urban Dictionary for rapage to make an exceptional rap or to create an amazing rhyme or tune that only God himself
0: could tell. <laughs> That's some hot rapage. Some hot rapage, yeah. Rappages, like that? Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, the first thing that comes up is Memory Alpha. That's hilarious. <laughs> a wrappage was
0: a unit of Yamak sauce. <laughs> That's what it says. But there is a.
2: Wickshed. It's Broik. It was Broik who ordered 5,000 wrappages of Yamak sauce.
0: I thought that was Broik. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Broik
2: is like the helper Ferengi that is. Right.
0: The guy that. Well, first of all, all yeah. Ferengi have like real tight high oh, pants. Oh,
2: this is the guy. Hold on one second. Played by David B. Levinson. This guy is either like a distant cousin of mine, or like a, a uh, family friend, or something. Funny. Like my dad, my dad knew, knows this guy, and it used to come up a lot when I was a kid. He's like, "Yeah, this is a guy on Deep Space Nine, he plays a, one of the Ferengi." I'm like, "Oh, is he Nog?" He's like, "No, I don't know. Is he I Cork? Don't. No, like, and it, it ended up being Broke. Yeah, but yeah. he—I mean—he's around for like all seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never met him, but apparently uh, there's some relation in my family oh, to interesting. this guy. I don't know what it is, though. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, we we got Hi, sidetracked. Yeah, I didn't say how to Andy. So okay, rapages so- in Wiktionary. Here we go. Ooh. Rappage, the uh, act uh, of wrapping. Right, that which wraps.
0: Yeah. So that's a, what I'm picturing is these are, uh, individual little like ketchup packets. Okay. But of yammock sauce. So it's like <laughs> I'm picturing five thousand little like you tear it open. You. Just yeah some yamik sauce on your sure. stuff. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh and they you. weren't replicated. That was the other thing. Is I work? love that. I loved that
2: detail because yeah. I was like already getting mad. I'm right. like why did they order something that they right. could have replicated? They, they have to throw that in. But then when he says like not replicated, it's real. Like that to to say that it's like worth more. Hey John, what's up? Welcome. I love that detail. Yeah. That, that made me really happy. Stuff like that I need because like why didn't they beam the people out of the <laughs> right.
3: of like the fucking <laughs>
2: docking ring when it was stuck because yeah. they could have you know I don't know maybe because like oh they're, they're Bajoran monks who don't like to be beamed because right. they feel like their soul leaks out of their body yeah. I would have bought that
3: you
2: know? <laughs> I'm worried that my soul would leak out of my body if I was <laughs> teleported <laughs> all right well that is uh that's short the second to shittiest episode that we've discussed so far yeah. uh we've got 46 minutes out of it though bad. I mean we that's didn't... really not bad we, we ended up talking about it like the normal amount of time almost. we found some
0: meat on the bones
2: yeah uh so <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break well we're gonna take a break yeah who knows how quick it'll be Quick break. Ten minutes? Quick break. Yeah, ten minute break. and then uh, You're always back before me, so yeah. they don't get lonely. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I might I just
0: pop in a chat and I test out some new commands.
2: Yes, I love that. <laughs> and then sometimes I make them real. <laughs> uh, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about If Wishes Were Horses... Uh, which is the episode with Stillskin.
3: Yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright
2: you guys I'll leave you with Cowboy Data And then here's our next episodes to watch for next week The Forsaken and Dramatis Personae
0: Ooh,
2: Lwaxana Yeah, is coming up next yeah. uh, next time That's gonna be awesome <laughs> Alright, don't go anywhere, we'll be right back
0: Science
3: Fiction
2: We're back Hi John Welcome back us <laughs> Oh my god I saw that command
0: cell 30 yamak, <laughs> I tried to seal Yamak sauce and you tried to unseal stem bolts because I was wondering if they have self-sealing stem bolts they probably have manual stem bolts yeah they must so have manual have stem bolts because nothing
2: happened obviously so <laughs> must be man- why did why did uh, miles O'Brien not know what self-sealing stem bolts like well,
0: I, I mean I will say I think that was kind of a cute uh, <sighs> storytelling uh, uh, structure there mini one uh, trope. Where it's the, the all of these things, the Yamak sauce, the stem bolts, and it's it's uh it's like a MacGuffin where it's like yeah. it doesn't matter, right? It's it's it is its own thing. So yeah. them with the stem bolts in particular, that is very specifically like because the Yamak sauce is a thing, it's sauce. This is just like this is just it's techno babble made incarnate. It's a physical representation <laughs> of techno babble. What is yeah. this? It's a self sealing stem bolt. What does it right. do? It self seals.
2: I don't think the author is. Of the episode, knew what it did. I don't think it mattered to them, which is frustrating.
0: Well, no, because I think that's the intent. Is it's it's like it's almost like it's a joke. It, yeah. It's an intentional like it's a plot device. So we're gonna we're gonna make it explicit by having the guy you'd think on the station who could explain it show up and go. I've never heard of these before.
2: Well, speaking of stembolts, mm-hmm. what wrong oh. one? <laughs> wrong one. Hey, what's up, Peter Griffin? That's exactly what's happening. I thought I put it there. This one. There yeah. it is.
3: <laughs>
2: that was the meme for <laughs> Yeah, Doug makes memes for every episode. I put a link to the Instagram in the description. And we missed a meme last week, and it's one of my favorites, so i got to show this oh, yeah. one. Odo to security. Someone is having fun on the promenade. Send back up. <laughs> I love that one. And we have one more for later that I accidentally flashed. Okay, well, let's get into uh, If Wishes Wishes Were Horses, Horses, a significantly improved episode. Yes. It's significantly better. Yes. This is the episode where people's imaginations literally start running wild, where you have Rumpelstiltskin and you have... Buck Bukai, the Bukai, yeah. the uh,
0: the baseball fictional baseball <laughs> fictional player. player for the London Kings,
2: and you have the horny Jadzia Dax, <laughs> fictional Jadzia Dax <laughs> created by Doctor Julian Bashir, yeah. yeah. Julian's Dax, Julian's Dax. Yes, running around trying to have sex with Julian everywhere. Yeah. So you have, but but it seems like these. And,
0: uh, oh, you said Rumble already.
2: I said yeah. Rumble. Yeah. So these imaginary characters are. We don't know if they're like holograms or what they are right. throughout most of the episode, and there's also this like. This, like space mouth outside that's <laughs> right. threatening to swallow the entire station but it seems like these uh fictional characters are also aliens of some kind and like have their own you know yeah, that's like a late
0: reveal they spend yeah, it's the whole because right, they, yeah. they go out of their way to say they're not holograms they're definitely alive they're right. definitely real you know yeah
2: uh peter griffin i'm just gonna ban you <laughs> it's just easier Wait, Peter's been by before.
0: Oh, I remember. Yeah, he's always yeah. been a dick whenever he shows up.
2: Yeah, so I'm just gonna ban you.
0: Sorry, Peter. Sorry, you're a dick.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, oops, I deleted. Hide user on this channel. I did the wrong thing. Ah. I double, I double did it. <laughs> I deleted it and and banned you. It was unnecessary. Double ban. You set the
0: phasers on kill. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be a good text command. Set phaser to ban. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Set phaser to ban. I love that. Um,
2: So this episode is... I mean, there's a lot of fun shit in this episode. Like, you have these imaginary characters running around, interacting with the real people. Like, Miles O'Brien's relationship with Rumpelstiltskin is fascinating. (laughs) And you get to see Molly and Keiko, you know. uh, and, And... you get to see Odo with an emu. It's just great. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, what was it? It was
2: a jackdaw. Jackdaw or something. What was that? Did you write
0: down what that thing was called? It's on... Uh... I just wrote down jack... Well, not wrote down. I remember jackdaw. But it was a something jackdaw.
2: Yeah, it's like... And the way he says it is so great. I have to look this up. Sorry,
0: I can't deal with it. I've got a blah, blah, blah jackdaw yeah. running around.
2: <laughs> oh, that's the wrong episode. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin. Hilarious. <laughs> The guy from Carnival playing Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, Statskin. I
0: I like him. He's great. Yeah. I, mean,
2: he's, I I love him in Carnival. Yeah. Uh let's see. Some, was it in the summary? It's kind of a shitty role. Buck Bukai Rumpel Oh no, I saw it in the uh in the um where is it? This and that once again the the stream has <laughs> gotten even Gunji more. Jackdaw. Gunji Jackdaw. Yes, where where is it? I want to see it. I, I can't find it. Let me see.
0: And that's all with it. I'm dealing with a Gunji Jackdaw What's up, down Random here,
2: boy. Do we watch Dragon Ball? asks Random Boy. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's just an emu, a <laughs> Gunji Jackdaw. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a goonji jack dog <laughs> like the way he's, I just wanted to know so I could do that yeah, I love the way he says it
0: <laughs> he hits it real hard
2: yeah so the first the first imaginary character we meet in the beginning is Rumpelstiltskin yep and it's right after Miles is reading to his uh, reading to his daughter this like story um I think that's still the same person oh
0: yeah
2: <laughs> uh, he's like reading this story well, that to question his daughter. is always
0: a leading question
2: oh, yeah definitely um <laughs> And then Rumble Stiltskin is like actually appears in the room.
0: Oh, also, uh, it turns out Miles actually a good storyteller. Yeah, totally. And <laughs> contrary like, to the episode where they literally made him oh, a right. storyteller, where he was his storytelling ability depended on the lives of the village. He's just bad in and front he of crowds. It, yeah, yeah.
2: For his daughter though, he's like got it nailed. Um, <laughs> he I, did all
0: the voices.
2: Yeah, totally. I actually interviewed uh, Molly O'Brien Hanahate. Oh yeah. Uh, in my podcast years ago and she talked about this episode and like ah. mentioned how she was like scared of Rumpelstiltskin oh, in real yeah, life yeah, yeah. and i read an interview where she's like said the same thing where she said how like she thought it was a real
0: Stiltskin. Yeah, well, because you're terrified. a kid. And yeah, she was like five or six or right. something. And yeah. And they've, they've read to you the story of Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. And then they've had Rumpelstiltskin show up in front of you. She is so she has a
2: cute as in th- this episode. It's like almost painful how yeah, cute she is she when is. she like does this little like yeah. meh
0: thing. It's so adorable. It's very adorable. Yeah. She's and it, a
2: really great child actress.
0: And their family is adorable. They show oh, yeah. the O'Briens. This I is love like the a, a happy moment of a domestic bliss with the O'Briens. Right. And they even talked about a little bit of a little space nookie right after they put their uh, yeah. You
2: actually, for once, believe that there is any sort of chemistry between these two characters. Yeah. You know, I, I've always loved the O'Briens. Like they, they write them strangely sometimes, but yeah. when they when they do it right, it just makes me so happy. I, I really
0: like. I it. I feel like it's bitter writers expressing their own marital frustrations through what should be a happy space couple. Yeah, you know? totally. It's not. It's unfair. <laughs> they get a. They get such a short shrift. Yeah, totally.
2: It's just like. The writers of Star Trek seem to have horrible relationships with women. You know, they just take it out on all these characters. Speaking of which... Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's get
0: into it, because this is... Yeah. It's, like, the worst... Of this episode,
2: well, before the the meat of the episode even starts, we have Bashir <sighs> like begging Jadzia to sleep with him, begging, and he's like, "You're all I think about." And she's like, "That you were thinking about you're these other women all the time, space like ladies you ladies
0: left and right, totally." Like you only talk about you know all these women you're so into all the time. Here are the notes I wrote. Back to shitty Julian, yeah, <laughs> and then Julian is getting some, but weirdly obsessed with Jadzia. Yeah, it's so he's, it's weird. It's it's like a it's a to do a dive deeper into the context than the story presents. But Julian is, like, a, a it's all a conquest for him. Jadzia right. means nothing to him.
2: Right, he I is agree. just
0: like I want to be the one that bangs Jadzia. Right, all these women that are coming into the station, I'm also banging all of them as well.
2: Right, and I don't think he even recognizes that about himself, mm-hmm. and is just completely unaware of himself.
0: Yeah, he's and, like nog. Well, like yeah. what, you know, he's not the, the emotional
2: maturity yeah, of a teenager. Yeah,
0: except he can actually get laid. <laughs> and I
2: love the fact that Jadzia is just like no. Yeah, you know, like you
0: know, she friendzones him literally she doesn't
2: fall for it for a second yeah. and i like i like that a lot Me i really too. like that and i think that it's that's where the
0: maturity that jed that right. jedzia dax cuz jedzia i don't think is Jedzia, I think, is mature, you know, like a mature young lady. Right. Jedzia Dax is a mature, you know, 400-year-old right. person. And that's where it comes across well.
2: And she even says, like, I was a young man at one yeah. point. And then <laughs> and when I, Cisco asks, like, like,
0: what's wrong with Julian? She's like, he's young. Yeah. Totally. How is Julian? Young, young. As an insult. Yeah. Which was great. I yeah. loved it. There was another... Oh, man at one point
2: o'brien calls rumpel stiltskin he's like go away figment figment yeah <laughs> which is my new favorite insult this just, is get out of here figment you're just a figment of my own imagination you're not even real you bitch like <laughs>
0: in, in miles words there's friends and figments
2: yeah i loved it i loved it so much is yeah. like an insult he he just spit it at rumpel stiltskin <laughs> so meanly it was hilarious um yeah, so I love, that, I love that Bashir's just getting shut down, mm-hmm. and actually, I felt like his acting in this episode was really great. It was. When fake Jadzia shows up and starts like making out with him, his whole thing of like, Hello. what's wrong with you? Oh God, it must be me. What's wrong with me? Right, right. Like, not being able to believe what's happening, because he knows that it's not real, because he's...
0: Right. This can't be possible, yeah, it, it because you wouldn't be do this. Yeah. Oh, you're fine. Oh, then I've got to have I some sort of, like, sick. space yeah. sex magic stuff on me. Yeah. And then, after both of those things are proven untrue, he's like... Well then, why am I fighting this?
2: Right. Yeah. Which was weird. He totally would have banged. He would have banged fake Jadzia. Fake Jadzia. He's the type of guy who like will get drinks and someone have sex with them, (laughs) which which is still rape. You know, (laughs) like it's it's very upsetting. Uh, But I'm glad that he's called out for it finally in this episode, and like he's not getting any. You know, right? It's just not happening, which I love. Yeah, it makes me very happy. And I love the fact that like this fake version of Jadzia that will give. You know, give him some attention. Right. Is super submissive. And right. real Gen Z is like, Is this what you want? Right. You want like someone
0: this submissive? And he's like, No. She's not that submissive, but then she's like 100% submissive. So this is what I mean. This shows. That Julian's interest in Jedzia is purely as an objectified physical object. I agree. Her yeah. intelligence, her personality, her wit, any of that is not what he wants right. from her. Right. And this manifestation shows it clearly, you know? Totally.
2: And I, I do, my only regret is that she never stated that exact thing explicitly. Right. Because she's like being nice to him. She's like, "Yo, you're just, yeah. you're sweet, you're yeah. an idiot, you know? And like, just ignores him, yeah. basically. Yeah.
0: But I do feel like his behavior is, like, kind of harmful. Yeah, it, it shows... This is one of those, like, when Star Trek doesn't examine something because right. they're doing it almost too soon, in a way, uh, society-wise, or the I writers I think the just, writers
2: know it's harmful. They're just yeah. not thinking about it. I, right. I don't think the writers understand that, like, men piney after women in a way that doesn't, like, acknowledge their personhood. Their agency. Their yeah. agency is a damaging trope that yeah. is, like, done all the time. Right. And, and it's painful to see it in Star Trek, but yeah. it happens a lot in Star Trek. Well, in
0: and that's what I meant, like, in their defense, culturally, we weren't talking about that. Right. It did exist, and the, especially people that went through that were aware that it existed. Right. But, you know, I yeah. think especially among men, it was not... It's the whole, like, romantic comedy thing where you're like, oh, stalker behavior always gets rewarded with the, the object of your totally. desire, with the object yeah. of
2: your obsession. It makes men think that when women say no, that what they really mean is keep asking. Keep asking, Which is right. not true. Hey, S-
0: Stitch, Ben, what's up? Welcome. S- escalate into uh, crazier and crazier things. Yeah, so that's... And it's rare for me to say this. I, I still, as gross as it all was, as it, as uh, putting it out there, there were enough addressing of it by Jedzia that yeah. it made it palatable for me. I,
2: I totally agree. I agree. I feel like this episode, finally, it was like... Explicitly denied him. Yeah, and 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 she gave him a reason why, which is like you you claim to be only all about me, but you are like hitting on everyone. So I don't right. believe you. Right, yeah. right,
0: and it's, you you don't like me as a person. Right, it is just a thing to fuck and a score right. to get. Right, and then his fantasy made real. Makes it objectively obvious to, yeah. him, which is also like the se- my, my second rewatch of this, I cringed for Julian because like, <laughs> oh my god, I can't imagine if my fantasy like that was made real to I the know. people who were the object of it. Yeah, he deserves it. He deserves but I it. I did feel pity for him, and my memory tells
2: me that this was a bit of a turning point in the series where he stops oh, acting this way to Jadzia. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if that's true, but you know we're we're like at least two-thirds of the way through this season. Let's right. see. No, like three-quarters. Over three. We're, we're, we're close to the end. We're like three-quarters of the way through or
0: something? Yeah.
2: No. Th- four-fifths? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. The more Matt's than half.
0: Having. We're more than half.
2: Yeah, and he's been acting this creepy way the whole time and been creepy to her the whole time, and it's finally addressed, and I think that yeah. they kind of put it down at this point as a plot point. But it's so funny how, like, when I was a kid, <laughs> I... I believed Julian when he said that he loved her right. and I felt bad for Julian Yeah, and I empathized and like identified with Julian, uh, because I was like a immature kid who had these like intense crushes that I didn't right. know what to do about. Of course. But like you get older and you learn how to control those impulses and you realize that like part of that is just like impulse, yeah. you know, and that it, it's like that you project onto other people what you want them to be without them actually being it. Right. Because you are not in love with someone like being in love with someone from afar. I, I, I don't even like calling that love because I feel like that's just like, uh, it's like a projection onto yeah, you're in love what with, you want them to you're be. You're in love with an image an idea idea of, of them. An yes, idea exactly. Them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you actually met them you're in love and with like the talk to them and, and like we're with them in some way, right. it would it would change the fundamentals of your relationship and you might think something totally different about them. Right. And like, that's what you learn as you get older and grow up and like have real experiences with real people and like accidentally hurt people sometimes or get hurt by people. Like you just, you know, this stuff, it's complicated and it's, it's just a part of being human. And it's a part of growing up, but it, it but it happens before you become the chief medical
0: officer of of <laughs> I a space do. station. Well, you know? that's, if you've lived lived an unchallenged life, that's the thing. Yeah, you know? which and it, seems it seems like, maybe like for he Julian. Has. Yeah, yeah. And
2: but as, it makes no sense with what you learned learn about his character in like a season or two. Well, yeah.
0: There's all you know. It's welcome to Star Trek retcon.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like they they tried to set something up with Julian that they. That didn't really work, and they completely abandon, and then run out of stuff for him, and then make up something totally different. Yeah, eventually.
0: And they could have, they could have made Julian pine for Jadzia in a less creepy way. Yeah, and then, but they didn't, and so they have to fix it, like right now,
2: or the same exact way, but only for Jadzia. It changes a lot, you know. It really changes a lot. Like it makes it so that he's just kind of out of control of his of his passion, right? Versus like just being a (laughs) hornball. Yeah. Um, But I'm so glad that I feel like we don't have to talk about it too much more because it's come up a lot so far. Well,
0: this is the thing is that they brought it up again which initially for me I was turned off right away. Right. Oh, I thought we had put to bed this version of Julian. Yeah. But having the existence of Julian's Jadzia that makes it okay to bring it up because they're they're showing it. They're examining it. They're examining it. Finally they're examining it. Totally. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and they didn't I I guess they didn't need to bring it up as often, or maybe...
0: I don't know. I mean, I I like what they do with it in this episode. Well, you make a good point. To me, it's going to depend on going forward.
3: Yeah,
2: Because now
0: now you have acknowledged. Now it's not a matter of like, ah, no one really thought about it. Right. The show has acknowledged it. Right. What do you do now? Yeah, totally. What does he do now? Because also, not only has it been examined from a narrative point of view, in-universe character, he literally came face-to-face with the reality of it. Right. I mean, talk about therapy. Yeah, yeah. He had to like live and
2: speak to his fantasy of Jadzia and yeah. have it pointed out to him how it's not real. Like, it's one thing to Jadzia. find, like,
0: a crush note that you've written or, like, oh, we came across a pad Julian had laying around that's just, like, super erotic fiction about right. Jadzia. <laughs> and then he could be like, no, wave it away. This is like, oh, no, it now it exists in the world. Yeah, aliens reached into his mind and pulled out his image of Jadzia. Good transition. Let's get into that. The aliens, the late reveal of the aliens. How'd you feel?
2: Um... How I feel about the aliens is kind of tied up in how I feel about the episode in general, okay. which <laughs> is that it is a rehashing of Star Trek plots that we've seen before. Yes. Like, we've seen um, we've seen like holodeck versions of somebody's fantasies played out in real life right. with Barkley mm-hmm. on TNG. We've seen uh, people's fantasies and people's imagination brought to life by uh, the Traveler. Well, not the Traveler, by right. being in that version of space and... Yeah. Uh, and uh, where no man the has, gone before, where no in, has gone
0: before. The uh, creatures uh, they had captured when no one has gone before. The pilot of TNG, right? Can't they yeah. make stuff?
2: Yeah, they, they like made fantasies reality uh, in the cage totally yep. with uh, Captain Pike. This so- to me
0: puts all of these things in the broader Q continuum. <laughs> like the Q continuum is the far end of the Q continuum, but then there's like all these other weird space magic beings in Star Trek that can just like create things out of apparently nothing and seemingly have access to infinite power. Yeah, Yeah. the universe is riddled with them.
2: Yeah, and the other thing we've seen a million times is like an alien species trying to observe us and doing it in a way that is potentially harmful.
0: I, I feel like that's lightly trying to say like, yeah, but also what you do could be doing this unbeknownst to you. Right.
2: And yeah, but it's interesting at the end when Cisco says, why didn't you just talk to us? Right. And he said, maybe next year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Uh, Nope, we don't ever follow up with these.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and these aliens have years, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it felt like hand-waving away the plot. So (laughs) I I guess how I feel about the aliens is that I love the silliness of this episode, and I really enjoy it, but I feel like they worked backwards from a silly idea and I actually read this in Memory Alpha that uh, uh, so the this first idea read. was um, like Sisko or Jake Sisko walks off of the holodeck with a baseball player. Like right. that was the first idea and I get oh actually this was uh, super interesting the Rumpelstiltskin character was originally a leprechaun mm. and um, Col who plays Miles O'Brien complained and said mm. like Every Irish actor on the planet is trying so hard to get away from this racist bullshit with leprechauns, and I really don't want to do this.
0: Right. So they changed it. Yeah, which is which a is a great better thing too because yeah. otherwise, you'd be like, "Why is he thinking about leprechauns?" It would have been awful. Or it would have w- been awful. Oh I'm no, the, so the glad way they the way it. you have to do it is him just being like angry about it being a leprechaun. Yeah, you know, uh, (laughs) but if it's coming out of his imagination, then it like uh, has to be. So this is where we get into another layer of the show, which they don't talk about, but I but I do, and it doesn't bother me. But I think it's interesting to think about the headcanon games of these aliens by their own admission or what they're claiming to do is they're they're claiming to study imagination which they claim right. to have no understanding of. Right. Which, which always, also
2: reminds me of Nagilum from TNG. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: it's just all, so many TNG See, so many, many Star Trek plots we have. Nagilum is interesting because Nagilum Nigeli, <laughs> is really a well done within Star Trek inscrutable alien. Yeah. Yes, just like yes. oh my god his motivations are baffling yeah. and even, like, the gross tar monster was like, yeah. eh, alright, you've just made everything bad in one person. Right. Both of those, the Gila being good, the tar monster being, eh, so much, still felt better than this. Right. Where it was just like, hi, we're space aliens and we don't understand imagination. Right. Like, what? And then... The-
2: the episode falls apart a little for me at the end when he's talking about how imagination is so valuable and like uh, it's like what makes you special and it really just that's just writers
0: wanking themselves off yeah it's it's also this human exceptionalism that Star Trek does a lot that I hate when they're like well this is the like well Vulcans are uh, uh, logic and uh, Klingons are strong and humans have scumption, yeah. humans are the perfect thing in between, you know right or whatever yeah. like humans it's human imagination that makes them special, right it's our grit, but whatever yeah. whatever the trope of the weak is, they suddenly yeah. ascribe that to the pinnacle of humanity
2: like why do that? Why not say like your imagination is Is advanced, but like we've seen imagination out in the galaxy that would blow your mind. (laughs) Like that seems more likely to me that there's more imagination out there than what we have on this planet. Okay, so
0: this is the the gist of it though. These are explorers, they're exploring the concept of imagination. Yeah. So I believe that they are uh, curating what they're doing, what they're pulling out of. They're not just like. Oh, no, it's whatever you were thinking. I feel like they're picking and choosing. Hmm. And they're picking because it's also certain people they're picking and choosing. It's made clear that it's not right. everyone. It's not everyone. That's yeah. right.
2: It's like about half the crew, it sounds like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So because they're explorers, which I think further implies that there's a science here, yeah. that they're using a scientific method. So they're, they're, sure. that wouldn't just be let's just necessarily observe imagination run wild. Right. I feel like it is picking and choosing. Yeah, I agree.
2: So I, you I, def- could. I definitely I think it's made explicit that it is like I mean, at one point they they say like around half half of the station has reported seeing things. Right. So I, I think it's explicitly made clear that it's not everybody and yeah. that they are just like picking certain people. And there's all, they're trying to make connections with these people. Like right. Buck Bukai f- is interested in continuing the experiment because he's made a connection with Cisco. Right. And I like their connection. Like he fe- he f- he f- Cisco feels um, emotionally Warm towards someone he's never met, right. Because of what this character has done in his imagination, right? You know? and, and based off of the facts of the character, uh, someone from 200 years ago that he never could have met. And I, I mean, I, I dig that. Like, if if uh, imaginary, or like if, if Captain Picard suddenly walked into this room <laughs> and aliens had like made a version of him for me to talk, talk to, to, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to help myself. I'd feel. I'd feel like you know love for that character right I'd be terrified but I'd be very excited and and a little turned on Uh, so
0: and then he would be like why am I so submissive Jesse (laughs) and I'd be like why am I resisting
3: but
2: uh, but I love what we learn about the characters in this like even Miles O'Brien Rumpelstiltskin scares him yeah the character scares him because that character takes children And and he's terrified To lose his child Like His child is the most Precious thing to him And that character Just reading that story To his child Scared him enough So that these aliens Could like read that And create that In real life And then push him With that fear which I thought was really interesting, like yeah. really good character writing. And I, I the, this episode, I think what saves it is that the character writing is great, like yeah. pretty much across the board. Mm-hmm. Odo just being this like grumpy dude following emus around, mm-hmm. and like like sta- like standing and staring at one, it, amazing. Oh, it, and it's, also it's awesome.
0: Odo takes a moment to indulge himself in a little fantasy. <laughs>
2: Oh my god, we learned so much about the hollow sweets in this episode. Oh no, I meant when he was. Oh yeah, when he's thinking about putting Quark in jail. jail, Yeah, Yeah, that's great. That was great. (laughs) Um, Odo doesn't have a sense of smell, we learn. Right. Quark is leasing the room next door so we can use one holo generator to make more holo suites. Right. And Jake Sisko is going to play baseball in a holo suite that aliens from it. all over the galaxy <laughs> are splooging all over the walls in. Like, ex- explicitly made clear that it is used for sex. <laughs> yeah. The holo suites are used for sex. It is stated in this episode. Yeah, I do know it's horrified. It's a little terrifying that, like... Uh, the Jake Sisko's going to play baseball in he's there right after He's not going that. to
0: play baseball. He's going in there to jerk off. Oh, God. You know, his dad thinks he's going to play baseball. Yeah. Quark thinks he's... Well, Quark doesn't care.
2: There's this whole side of the Buck, Bukai, and Jake Sisko relationship that was
0: not going No, into. it's not baseball porn. That's just <laughs> okay. like the cover story. I wish I hadn't said that out loud. It was awful. <laughs> it's terrible. Jake has some uh, hollow porn that is... Uh, the it's file the, name the, is the tetrarch Buck, Buck, it is the tetrarch yes <laughs> the
2: file name is Buckbukai Buck Bukai. but it is the tetrarch, tetrarch right. from Bajor and all yeah. she does
0: is say like oh Jake you're so clever Yeah. oh Jake thank you for saving my people
2: tell me more about, about where the border should be for my people in this river <laughs> and the tetrarch
0: never once asks tell about me more? his dad tell me more about making an opportunity out of, <laughs> out of a bad thing that's Nog's version of it Nog's version of it is the Tetrarch (laughs) giving Umoks to uh, no, the Nog's version is the Tetrarch giving him, Uloks while while uh, talking about, making she an recites the, uh, the rules of uh, acquisition. acquisition. Yes, <laughs> that's a study aid that he created for himself.
2: Yeah, it's it's all very disturbing. It's <laughs> very disturbing when you think about it. But but Quark is also like great character stuff for Quark. He's yep. just such a scumbag. This is the and go- he's just like delighting in the idea of of finding new ways to take advantage of people yep. and then like imagining these two beautiful women walking around with him, but then right. like distracted by the fact that everyone's winning the at Dabo. Um and there's even a Starfleet officer who's like really into the Dabo table, yeah, which I liked. I mean, it, it we know that Starfleet officers don't have currency, right. but they must you know have to earn some currency to like play these games uh, or maybe they get a per diem or something from Starfleet right. or whatever to to live on this Bajoran space station. yeah, and then you have people that get really into the games. I think that's cool. I well, because
0: that's what I was it's something that I've thought about a lot before as far as that like, uh, uh, overlap of a moneyless society right. with a capitalist I think about society that a lot. because yeah. what that means is that the people from the moneyless society can get sucked into the dark cycle of the capitalist society. Yeah, so you could have Starfleet officers who are like, "Oh fuck, I got in deep. Dead. Yeah, I borrowed money from loan sharks for platinum and now I'm to on tube grubs and I don't know what to do." Yeah, because you would be. Required to follow the contract, so right. you could wind up losing your career. People could yeah. have all of those, all of those ills and temptations exist. Yeah, where if they were on Earth, it, it probably would exist, but in a different form.
2: Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that any Starfleet officers got into gambling and developed a beetle snuff habit?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. And then who? so what, what was the other fantasy from this episode oh I you know the one we haven't talked about much is like Cisco and Buck McKay's right. relationship which was really interesting it was nice yeah yeah and I really I really liked the casting of this like baseball yeah. superstar very like very like old baseball yeah yeah like yeah. when
0: uh, like Babe Ruth Babe you know? Ruth right, right. Babe he's Ruth kind style. of a, he's kind of a chubby dude
2: yeah he's a little he's a little on the chubbier side I, I just thought that was kind of cool for yeah. some reason I don't know what it was about that guy um Something about him just like spoke baseball, even though he didn't really look like a baseball star. Like now, baseball stars are all jacked up on steroids, right, and right, super right. buff, and everything. Um, but I love it's the a show. '90s version of an idealized future of baseball. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's interesting that they kind of uh, go out of their way in Star Trek to talk about how baseball is extinct. It's dead. Like yeah. everybody got sick of baseball. It was yeah. too slow of a sport. Right.
0: Also, I don't, World I don't War know Three what was yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: that, I don't know. That, that, like, the, the eugenic wars really took, it took the, the wind the out the of the sail out of baseball.
2: baseball. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's all just
2: so strange and wonderful. Yeah, but yeah, th- I mean, this is a great, a great episode of Deep Space Nine inside of a mediocre episode of Deep Space Nine.
0: Yeah, that that's, yeah, it does. <laughs>
2: yeah, there's like so much that I like about it. It's kind of a. Uh, Notorious episode because, like, oh, you mean the one with Stiltskin in it? Right. Like, people talk about it Which, derisively. Uh,
0: but if it had been, if it had been uh, a, a leprechaun. leprechaun, this would be a like, oh my god, like a yeah, shit all have like a code of
2: honor situation yeah. from season one of TNG. Yeah.
0: So Rumplestiltskin, it's it is corny, but also you know, <laughs> I think it works. Abe Lincoln showed up in TOS, so yeah. put your pants back on. Calm yeah, down. totally. Oh, my God. I this is why I can't that. wait for Discovery to do... Doesn't Abe th- Lincoln show up in TNG also?
2: Mm, I don't know. On, on that Q, the Q episode on that planet? No. I'm, I'm mixing those two episodes up. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, never mind. No, they're just
0: like... <laughs> Voyager gets they're Amelia Earhart.
2: Like, they're like soldiers that yeah, they're just look like, like American Born Revolution Rangers. if yeah. they were like monsters.
0: Monsters, right, right. Yeah. And those are just... I feel like those are like um, some of the creatures created by these... Aliens also on the Q continuum, as they said, yeah. where it's just like they just make a real thing out of nothing. Yeah, so exactly. those soldiers were just they existed and then they disappear. Yeah, and Wesley gets stabbed. It was
3: stabbed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ran afoul of some Bajorans in their agricultural <laughs> moon.
2: <Wow. laughs> now I'm just fucking everything up. <laughs> yeah, so I I do find the whole I, I just realized
0: something. What's that? There's no B plot, is there? Not per se. I mean, there's there's a lot of interweaving things of that's happening. It doesn't need one. There's like a whole bunch
2: of interweaving arcs. There's a whole bunch of good character stuff happening. Which is
0: that's like everyone is experiencing this one event, and then they're showing kind of bits and pieces of it. What do you think about
2: the reveal that there is no spatial anomaly? (sighs) Like Cisco realizing that they imagined it and that it's not there, and just being like. Drop the shields. Yeah, we're <laughs> fine. In the middle of all this chaos.
0: At first, I didn't like it, because it feels again like a deus ex machina kind of thing, where it's yeah. just like, okay, here we are, we're, we're boom, we got the solution. Right. Uh, watching it again, I did gain an appreciation for it, because there's this escalation uh, of like it's it's getting bad it's getting bad and then they they all the hints are there like none of the readings make sense it's just crazy town yeah you know we're gonna just like happen to this other galaxy we're gonna destroy right. the whole system and Kira's starting to freak out about it they and did then, lay some pipe for it yeah they yeah. laid some pipe for it and, yeah. and 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 did it in a good way and then Rumplestilskin shows up and is like hey I have magic powers I could probably do this if you give me so then. And earlier they'd said these were aliens. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a reading of that as a viewer at that moment could be like, oh, what are they doing here? Like, these are like bad aliens trying to get something over on O'Brien or something like that. Right. Uh, they can make you... They can trick you into thinking or forgetting about the other aspect of the story, of, uh, of everything being fiction. Yeah. You know? Um, it's... Unless... You watch this episode first time through, and as soon as the anomaly shows up, you're like, nope, that's also an imagination thing. I think the ending works.
2: Yeah. I think it works pretty well. I... Hey, what's up, Brent? Welcome, dude. Good to see you. I think it... I think it's always gonna be frustrating when you find out that everything that happened was an illusion. hmm But... The whole episode is based it's off of the that premise that everything that's happening is <laughs> right, an illusion. Right. So it's it's almost
0: like you should realize. Yeah, that. it's like they should realize it sooner. Yeah, yeah. I think it works. Yeah, I like it. I and it is. I do like that's a good Cisco commanding moment. Like, it is no. a good Cisco
2: moment. Right. It really is
0: because no one wants to lower the shields.
2: <laughs> yeah, like This is like the first time in a while that Cisco's figured out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. where he's just like, I I know what to do. Like he really captains he captains for the once, shit you know? out of that in a way that Picard we're used to Picard doing. Right, and it's it's really like gratifying to see him do that because Cisco's method of command is a lot of like what do you guys think I should do do it right now right 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 right, and he does that in this episode he's like uh like this is the thing that destroyed this whole system last time and then O'Brien says well that might be our best thing to do and Cisco says do it you know (laughs) the thing that destroyed the entire system (laughs) do it uh and obviously it doesn't work yep but they actually fired something out into a fake vortex so what happened to that
0: uh well, maybe it wasn't. It just detonated, then just didn't do anything. Yeah, I guess. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's really. I don't know. It's really nice to see him take command. It's nice to see him make intuitive leaps of logic that that solve the situation because yep. we don't really see that often. You know, it's just a lot of him like reacting and barking orders. Right. I. I it's interesting going back and rewatching season one of DS Nine because I do see. I do see him now more as a commander. Than right. as a captain, because yeah, yeah. he is a commander. But when I saw it the first time, I'm like, well, that's just like in name. He's like in charge, so he's kind of like the captain, even though he's just a commander in rank. But he's really like not quite there. He's yeah. not quite there as a captain yet, and you see him kind of make steps towards that throughout the season. Yeah, and which honestly is not. Not bad. You know, it's not that badly written. It's like, well, yeah. there's some good stuff there. There's yeah, some, he gets
0: good growth in a, in a smooth yeah,
2: arc. There's a little bit of arc happening yeah. with a lot of these characters where they're kind of getting you towards something more palatable, especially right. with Julian. And, well, Julian and has a rough
0: arc in the sense yeah. that it's not planned out, and it shows that it's not planned out. So you just, it can it can be like this jagged line. Yeah. Where Cisco, even if they didn't plan it out, they still it's not like Cisco gets to this like oh Sisko's feeling very captain-y and then it's like oh no now he's back to not right you
2: know no he just like gets better right yeah right. he just gets better at his job
0: yeah yeah there's there's so
2: much to like about this episode yeah and a little bit to be frustrated I with. totally
0: so this is one of these things where I think of certain polarizing episodes really define help define how an individual views mm. Star Trek you know yes and I feel yeah. like this is one of those that if you're like yes. you know what I hate this episode you're kind of moving yourself into you're defining your own personal version of Star Trek, which is totally fine. Yeah, but it does put you, I think, outside of the of the the beautiful spectrum of Star I Trek. I agree.
2: I think that I think that the character stuff in this episode is so strong that it's hard to not like it. Yeah, like for me, I mean, for I think for most people that like Star Trek, a big part of what connects them to it is the feeling of family from the characters and the feeling that like I want to know these people I want to hang out with these people Mm -hmm. and I think that this is one of the first episodes where they gel as a family where they gel as a unit and you actually see a lot of the characters together
0: you don't see that that often where they're
2: like all working at ops together we've only seen that like three times all season or something
0: so it's yeah I it's not a, it's a, This is an ensemble episode. It's not yeah, like a... Yeah, it's a very know, much an ensemble episode. Yeah. The last one was a Kira episode.
2: Yeah, and like the the uh, aphasia virus was
0: also kind of like this. That's an ensemble, right? That's another yeah. example of there doesn't need to be a beat B-plot per se. Right. Because they've Shit's got a thing so that's crazy. happening, yeah. and then you're just watching all the other characters be affected by it. And it's also
2: like the format is so classically Star Trek. Like, there is a... There's a crazy thing happening that's going to take up all of our attention for yeah. the next 45 minutes until yeah. we figure it out and save the day.
0: Yeah, it, and that it's like, is Star Trek. Well, you it's know? a meta version of it because they do all of the motions that they're supposed to. Right. Do the research, find the historical. And thing. And None of it works. Right, yeah. and it's like they've they they're they're yeah they've been tricked into following the yeah. pattern.
2: Yeah, there's that moment where Kira, Kira goes down to uh, Pylon One or whatever it is. Um, right, and it's gone and already. it's blown up or whatever, and it's like almost exactly that moment from TNG. Where no one has gone before, where they find that crewman is behind the wall of fire. And uh, has to put it out with his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I... I <laughs>
0: when Picard meets his grandma? Yeah, Picard meets his grandma. Maman? Maman. Maman? It's his mom, or his grandma. I don't oh, know. Maybe it's his mom, yeah, I don't know. Just an old lady with tea. Yeah.
2: He becomes French for a second, yeah. like he's supposed to be. So, yeah, I think this episode is weighed down a little bit by rehashing old plots. I sure. think it's weighed down by being a little self-congratulatory on the part of the writers, being like, imagination is the greatest thing you could have. Because like that's what they are displaying by writing this episode. The
0: power was in you all along. Yeah. And so, it's the greatest power of humanity.
2: Yeah, I find that's a little frustrating. Yeah. Uh, but I think narratively,
0: structurally, character-wise, this episode's really strong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah. And the flaws that, 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 that you're mentioning are ones where are totally fine within the fault tolerance of what yes. happens when Star Trek does this kind of thing. Yeah,
2: totally, yeah. As, as a viewer, it's like, well, I would have preferred maybe they did this or this, but if you look at it as in-universe, in-canon, this episode works. Yeah. Like, there's nothing in it that conflicts or breaks or doesn't make sense as far as, like, you Other know, Star why Trek. is sauce worth this much land? <laughs> like, yeah, there's nothing like that in this one. I I feel like... Oh, I figured out... Can that we start with the Space Mushroom reading? Because like, I feel oh, like yeah? now I want to talk about that, because... Well, th-
0: this is why it's the kind of thing that I brought up, because I feel like t- Discovery gets a lot of bullshit <laughs> thrown at it for doing things that all of Star Trek does. Yeah. And Space Mushrooms is my way of sort of like gauging other instances of Star Trek that do things that are that I think can be fun but on the surface are just patently crazy space magic. magic. Yeah, This episode is a 10 if there's ever a 10 because it's not just like Q where it's like infinite. It's like no, these are just magical beings who have come through the galaxy and literally made magical beings real for them. Right. You know? This episode to me is like a 4. Because you feel that it's all based in like no, because like not mushroom stuff.
2: Because the only real space magic in it is accepting that there's these aliens who can reach into your mind and pull out a physical manifestation and of can that. Create things, but, but like in the realm of Star Trek, that's not that
0: unusual. Oh, yes, well, this is this is my point. Is yeah, that totally. The mushroom drive is also a four in the realm of no, the, on Star Trek. See the schedule. mushroom drive. So for me,
2: when I'm thinking about space magic, what I'm thinking about is like Q. something that that is so nonsense that it doesn't jive with the rest of the universe that we've been presented. There's like 700-something episodes of Star Trek with no mention of of the mycelial network or traveling through the mycelial network or that even existing whatsoever. And then it's shown in the newest iteration of the show that is a prequel to be the most powerful thing that's ever existed in Star Trek universe. I've made
0: this point. Why are people not talking about Q every day? Sure. Every that would be I couldn't imagine having a, one of my headcanons. Like canons. everything that happens like is it Q? Have Maybe? I told you my headcanon when people are like why does um uh, Troy dress the way she does on TNG? My headcanon is that after encounter at Farpoint, she meets this like space wizard who can do anything. Uh-huh. There's no meaning to the universe if someone like this exists. And she's like fuck it, I'm showing up to work in my pajamas now. Nothing yeah. matters. <laughs> IQ to me is like a tornado.
2: Like he he strikes hard but rarely,
0: you know. What I mean? Yeah, but he but he exists. Sure, it's like yeah. a tornado. Listen, yeah. if the to- if tornadoes hit me as often as Q hits Star Trek, I would talk about tornadoes. I'll tell you what, though. every if, day. If the
2: mycelial network is the Q continuum, then the, oh, then, the, then the space mushroom rating of discovery drops significantly. <laughs> to me, it's just like. It's, it's, the, the, the it's internal logic, internal consistency. Yeah. And nothing in this episode breaks internal logic or internal consistency. Sure, it's, like, out there and pretty crazy. Right, right. But, like, it doesn't feel like a leap of logic to me. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like like you need to break your brain to understand it.
0: It well, just okay.
2: It makes sense internally. Because
0: this one is just showing you, like Q, they show do a bunch of things. So it's like, oh, he's infinite. He can literally right. do anything. Right. This shows you beings who have to be on the broader continuum of space magic because they are doing things with zero explanation. But we're only seeing a little sliver of it, so it's like easier to digest. Yes. But if you think about, yeah. like... W- these people leave, these beings leave to continue to go explore imagination, yeah. what is the rest of their afternoon, what's the rest of the their year like? Right. Well, maybe it's, it's out it's there doing, like, maybe crazy space magic. Okay. Because
2: when you say, like, these people who are out there exploring imagination... It doesn't feel like, well, I'll get... The reason it doesn't feel like space magic to me is because it feels like writers congratulating themselves. Sure. So, so it feels right. less They're like... They're a plot
0: convenience.
2: They are a plot convenience, yeah. yes.
0: It feels less like Almost like a drive that could teleport you anywhere in the universe. Yeah, but that's like the main fucking point of the whole season. It's a plot convenience. This is is another point I make about Discovery, is that if this was introduced in a single episode of TNG, Uh nobody would freak out.
2: I agree. And I also think that if they had set Discovery after the events of DS9... I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. Sure, like, that's I fun, really too. wouldn't. It's just like asking me to accept that this has existed the whole time. It's
0: like Spock never talking about Cybok. You just accept Or his
2: is. fucking sister, Michael right, Burnham. Right. You know? I can't I,
0: wait. To, I hope that uh, they do another episode and they introduce another sibling for Spock. Uh, and everyone is like, seriously, dude, what the fuck? I talked to you about my family uh, for three hours one day.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like retconning. And Discovery just feels like a massive retcon to me.
0: See, and I'm fine with it because it's it's already an established part of Star Trek retconning.
2: I mean, they do it from time to time, (laughs) for sure. Yeah, so... But, like, they've never based an entire show on it.
0: Right, so they're basically like, you know what, listen, we're already retconning. How high does the retcon dial go?
2: Even Enterprise, which is a prequel series, went pretty far out of its way not to conflict. With, yeah, like the existing canon. Yeah, and also this show, it, only Discovery it does not give two shits about existing canon.
0: Uh, to I agree with you to a degree. I think that they only care about broader aspects of canon. Hmm. Like it, they're not going to murder Kirk. You know, they're not.
2: They're, I mean, they might, and then bring him back as a fucking clone or
0: something. Oh, or that no. would be great. I would love that.
2: Uh, I mean, he did die, and in a darkness, and then triple blood brought him back.
0: So, <laughs> I would, I would be happy if Q showed up in Discovery. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sh- <okay>. show's over. <laughs> May- maybe not Q, but what Discovery? Like old John Delancey is Q. <laughs> yes.
2: If they bring Q into Discovery, but they de-age John Delancey. Just, I'm on board for just
0: a CGI like where they do that with the movies, or
2: they're... a Q that's not. John oh, DeLancey. That's not I'm into that too. Okay, fine. I, if they bring if they bring old John Delancey on as Q, I'm gonna. I'm just. Gonna, <laughs> I I don't think I can take it. I don't think I can take it. I mean, I, all bringing on Brent Spiner as like a uh 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 what's the word like a android distant oh, uh, ancestor oh, of Noonien Soong right, right, right. on
0: Enterprise. That was cool. It,
2: like, stretched my credulity. Oh, no, I love that. I, I thought that was perfect. I thought that it was... I thought they did a decent job, but it was a little
0: bit too forced. It's like, mm. we got
2: Brent Spiner. Let's right. write something for
0: Brent Spiner. See, because my head canon there is that the uh, Noonien Soong is, like, the, one of the most egotistical... Or, like, that... Yeah, You know, so that what I'm picturing is, like, that one dude we see in Enterprise, his descendants are just clones of him you know oh. what I mean so and then those clones go on to make androids that also look just like him yeah I like, buy
2: that Yeah, I buy that 100% yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd have to rewatch it but I also was weird about the whole like the augment storyline in that one yeah, the well, augment virus and the, it's, it's just
0: a lot. They're asking you yeah. to
2: swallow a lot. Absolutely, in that episode, that's that's are not that, like four part. Star
0: Trek is a giant pill out of the gate. You know? Yeah,
2: totally. Um, but this one, I feel like, goes down relatively easy. Like if wishes were horses, for oh, me personally. Oh yeah, see,
0: I feel like we are in agreement, but that you're denying an aspect of reality. <laughs> I'm okay with that because I feel like you're denying how bad Discovery is. Hey, Dark Lytton, what's up? Good to see you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like I'm being a little hypocritical on my mushroom rating on this one. But that's it, fair. You're allowed to. That's, yeah, it, it's that's a, just it, what
0: it feels, that number feels listen, right. Listen, I came into this knowing that it was going to be a slow worm into your mind to get you to be like, you know what, I'm on board with Discovery now <laughs> but in I, this limited capacity. I maintain the fact that... And I feel like the fact I've already that made more progress than I expected sooner than I expected.
2: I maintain the fact that uh, I still dislike Discovery just as much as I ever did, if not more. No,
0: but wait till we finish all of Deep Space Nine, and then we go, at some point, we go Discovery Run.
2: Okay. I, I do want to do that. I'm actually, so we're almost at the end of Season 1 of Deep Space Nine. There's yeah. a part of me that wants to do Season 1 of Discovery mm, after this. Sure. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk to people about that. No, uh, I'd if, be hashtag Discovery is a trash fire, totally. <laughs>
0: what I'm... do you guys
2: think in chat? Would you rather see Season 2 of Deep Space Nine right away, or would you rather see us do some Discovery... Because, like, we could get through Discovery in a few weeks. Yeah. It's only 13 episodes, and Season 2 is about to premiere, so we could also, like, do that. I
0: mean, I'm um, going to watch it either way. So. Go,
2: girl, Discovery's Hot Garbage. I know. It, it really is.
0: <laughs> it's terrible. Okay. Manavoto DS9.
2: Man voted DS9. 9. <laughs> or maybe we'll do, like, a, like a special bonus. <laughs> maybe we'll try out Twitch or something for some Star Trek chat. Because YouTube's not sending out my notifications,
0: and it makes me sad. Oh,
2: yeah. I, I like, actually... It's the
0: Mirror Universe version of the show on Twitch where we talk about Discovery.
2: Yes! I love that. I actually did not get a not- I I didn't get a notification that I went live, and I usually do on my right. phone. So, yeah. YouTube is mad at me, I think. You got yours. Okay. Amanda, that's actually... You're the first person to say you got a notification. It's Thanks. been all day.
0: <laughs>
2: um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, should we get into the rating? Yeah. Yeah. So you're
0: giving it a... You, I talked you up to a six. Mushroom rating. Mushroom rating. I'm giving it an eight. I'm going it's... back down to... No, I, I don't believe <laughs> it. It's You fine. can go back. See, we don't track mushroom ratings. Yeah, so we don't fine. track them, so it's fine.
2: Okay, so here is your poll for the rating, everybody. <laughs> One mm-hmm. to ten on the episode of Wishes Were Horses.
0: Yeah. Douglas Gale. I'm giving it an eight. You're giving it an eight. That is so high. Because I, I think it's a fun episode, and I love... I love... I love batshit crazy Star Trek. Yeah. It's what one thing that I really want to see in Discovery season two or three is basically. I would love, like, if they do an, a full arc, a full arc that explores the nature of infinite beings that can do whatever they want. Mm. You know, like yeah. th- these kinds of things. Like that one sad guy in TNG where they meet him and he's living on his tiny little. Yeah. Acre of farm. He's like, moon like these people were dicks to me. I and can I w- like almost remember his name. Oxbridge. Uh, um, that sounds right. But you know what I mean, like, and he's got his wife there, and his yeah, wife oh, is I not exactly real. Okay. Mean. And then they're like, well, why are you so sad, old space wizard? And he's I like, know. oh, because I wiped out all of these people. Yeah. Then fucking bring him back. Yeah. What this is-
2: <laughs> the 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 out the dowed or something? The, yeah, I'm something. a dowd. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. There are so many like omnipotent creatures, yeah. but in this episode. Like, we don't know enough about them. like, And any significantly advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, space right? Space magic, yeah. So that's for them I mean when to be able problem. to, like, scan our thoughts and, like, uh, put themselves into projections that can instantly transport all over the place, that's not too far away from what we've readily accepted as normal right. in Star Trek. Oh,
0: here's the thing. The, uh, do you think that they are creating manifestations? Oh, actually, never mind. I answered it myself. Because at one point, they show Odo chasing after the birds... Right. And then the birds disappear, and then right away the two, the two hot women. ladies show up. So I was like, yes. "Oh, these are them inc- in inheriting things, yes. right?" But then I realized, "Oh, what about the snow? They made it snow there. There's a whole lot of them. Yeah, so they're just all black. just tiny little snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, or that's just one. That's just one <laughs> and who's man. And they're all this. inside. Yeah. Okay, I'll take you that. just like spread yeah. out his density. Yeah. I could take that. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, think so about so think about the nature of these beings. Then they can right. like they're like." Shapeshifters times a million.
2: Yeah, you're just trying to convince me that they're crazier than I think they are, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so that
0: I'll up my oh, yeah. mushroom rating. But yeah, I mean, to me,
2: the mushroom rating is a lot about is a lot about breaking their own consistency.
0: Oh, so to me, it's not. To me, it's like what on the, where on the Q continuum scale are they from right. zero, which is like hard science fiction, to infinite, which is right. Q.
2: And I I I agree in in principle that that is true, but I think that. Because Star Trek is so all over
0: the place that that
2: when I when I judge that I take into account whether or not they're
0: breaking their own internal logic. Right. And my point of the scale is to show that Star Trek inherently internal logic. Yeah, yeah. that's like like a a background level of just it's just
2: background radiation is just garbage. Kirk inventing time travel twice. This uh yeah I know it's crazy. <laughs> and and literally talking computers into killing themselves like like two or three times Nothing. within within like five three. episodes. 1
0: plus 1 is 3. <laughs> yeah.
2: Totally. <laughs> so okay, rating for this episode, yeah. I my feeling about this episode is very warm and I really like it. Yep. But I question how well written it is because yeah. of the problems we've talked about sure. with like rehashing old plots yep. with uh, the whole thing of being about like Self-congratulatory in the end, like imagination is so great. And right, like, right, yeah, right, I love imagination. I'm all about it, but I feel like there's ways to say that that are not just
0: like hitting the viewer over the head with it. Gotcha. Yep. Um, there's like structural flaws with it in that sense for you. Yeah. Right? And contextual flaws of it. Yeah. But it's so much fun, and I yeah. really
2: like it. So I'm gonna give it like the same rating I gave the storyteller. Okay. Which is a six and a half.
0: Six and a half. Wow.
2: Um. Just because like because I because I judge this show
0: on whether or not it stands on its own two feet right, as a right. Star Trek show and I feel like this episode... Because you still have like your personal definition of Star Trek that right. you're putting things through that filter. And and
2: having seen all Star Trek and yeah. know, known what they've done over and over, I expect them to come up with something new. Yeah. And when they don't, I, I, I have to... Knock them a little bit for that. Yeah, sure. And sure. also, like, just knowing when they made TNG, how important it was to them to not stand on the shoulders of the original series. Right. But like, that's Deep Space Nine has spent at least half of its first season standing on the shoulders of other Star Trek. And we're yeah. about to get a Loxana on a Troy episode. We've already right. seen Vash, for God's right. sake. You know, like they, we've seen Picard. We've we've seen Q. Right. Uh, we've seen several plots that are just rehashes of things we've already seen. Right. So, <laughs> and then eventually they bring in wharf right totally you know? yeah and like when this show is great it's when it focuses on like the wormhole and spirituality and the right. emissary of the prophets and like what it's stuff that's so unique and wonderful and stuff that like i get so excited about
0: and we haven't seen any of that it's why I think discovery gets an unfair rap i mean uh voyager sorry <laughs> okay. i know discovery is. it's why i think voyager <laughs> gets an unfair bad rap from some fans because Voyager really does like, oh, okay, we're gonna break free, and we are more like TOS in its kind of weirdness. Yeah, and just people com- are just uh, like, people Voyager. hate it. Voyager says it's gonna break free and then doesn't. That's uh, why people hate it. Okay, because
2: it keeps saying we're so different, and then the episodes like could have been Next Generation episodes. it, it that—that's what frustrates me about that. Mm, hey, what's up, Dark? Uh, Dark Clinton says I was never into Star Trek, but I was a bit into Star Wars. I love them both. I'm super me too, into both. Yeah.
0: Slusinski, good to see you. Sometimes I wear Star Wars shirts on the podcast.
2: I mean, Finally, stream. didn't miss it because of the notifications not sending. So did you get a notification or not? Uh, we've been trying to figure this out all stream. I My notifications did not work, and I, you know... No, you did not get one, okay. So we've only heard from one person that got notified, which really sucks on YouTube's part. Mm. And, yeah, we talked about this a bit earlier, but I've been really... My, my schedule's been totally fucked because of my health recently, and YouTube is, like, not sending notifications to people anymore unless you've like clicked the bell and like turned on all notifications it says like people aren't showing notifications at all which is really frustrating right um so make sure you've clicked that bell and then i youtube i feel like youtube is trying to make me stream on twitch so i might be streaming (laughs) on twitch sometime this week the mirrored
0: universe is the show
2: yeah i don't know maybe we should maybe we should do that because i think discovery premieres this week um Jaden says what's up Jaden? do star trek and star wars fans get along with one another that's a loaded question. Well, the cool ones do. The, yeah, the jerks don't. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's the perfect answer. So jerks don't get along with people in general. Star Trek to me, <laughs> like you're like that guy was here earlier, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Star Trek to
2: me appeals to my intellectual side. Go GoGirl's a Twitch streamer. She says Twitch is better. Oh, ah, okay. And Star Wars appeals to my spiritual side. Mm. So I really love them both. And I love them both almost as deeply and passionately as I love each of them.
0: Which is funny. We're watching the most spiritual Star Trek now.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that about Deep Space Nine. That's a big part of what appeals to me about it. I do, I do think that I'm a bigger Star Trek fan than Star Wars, in part because um, Star Trek has more good Star Trek. Than
0: there is good Star Wars. Well, because Star Wars is primarily a movie franchise, right? And there's
2: nine movies now, right? And three of them are are terrible. So that's, I mean, two thirds of them are good, (laughs) right? But you know what? I take that back because I think about two thirds of Star Trek is good. Maybe maybe less. Maybe less. So no, I take that back.
0: And Star Uh, Trek is there's so much of the of TV to watch. I think that is easy to infuse. Right. That's what I like about. I'm pretty sure before
2: Discovery there were 726 episodes of all Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I don't think that counts the the animated series, which I've also watched. So I've put, you know, let's just say seven hundred hours into Star Trek. Right, 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 right. But I've watched a lot of I've watched TNG two or three times all the way through. So then we're like, I've put in thousands of hours into yeah, Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, yeah. Let's be real; it's, it's thousands of hours <laughs> that yep. I've put into this franchise, and I've put in you know a whole hell of a lot of time into Star Wars. I've read a lot of the expanded universe stuff. I've played a lot of games. I've there's a there's a lot more. Peripheral, peripheral materials in Star right. Wars that are worth consuming, whereas in Star Trek, for me, it's really just the main canon that's worth consuming.
0: I, I mean, I know people that really love the 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 beta canon of Star Trek and right, I, like the I, books and stuff. Yeah, and I believe there is a lot of good stuff out there, but I'm sure. with you where I just haven't. You know.
2: I've tried to dive into it, and I've been like so turned off by the poor quality of what I've read. Right. Um, I've like read a handful of books and I only liked one of them mm. and the rest were just either so boring or like super garbage or like portrayed characters in ways that were so unlike the character on the show that I just couldn't handle uh, it yeah, and yeah. that's something that Star Wars has done a relatively good job of is that the characters are pretty consistent across all of the media right. so it's a lot more fun to dive into the expanded universe stuff Yeah. Um, but yeah so anyway long story short I love them both yeah. but when I was growing up I was made fun of for liking Star Trek by the Star Wars kids so that's very real like that's the thing that really happens
0: yeah and I've been I'm in some Star Trek groups where they shit all over people that like Star Wars sure I'm in some Star Trek groups where they shit all over other people in Star Trek groups it's just like yeah we've been shitting on Deep Space Nine for the last two hours but we love it that one episode yeah uh, what what, what I'm coming to realize is that fandom are like the Bajorans where they're just prone to infighting (laughs) yeah (laughs) do you watch Survivor? The reality show? Yeah. I'd watched the first like however uh, I'm like five or six with that show. I watched show. a bunch of them.
2: It it got so good around like season seven, mm. and I've been watching it nonstop since like season seven. And yeah. They started bringing players back, and like the strategy got really intense. They well, started the, bringing bringing nerds onto the show, because well,
0: like the awareness of the show existed. So now, yeah, like the early ones, you're watching people who have no, they're playing blind, right? Totally. And they, now you're yeah. watching the version of it where like, it's like intense strategy. Yeah, it's well, so good. The show I don't... where originally it was like fake friendship was what was winning, and now everyone's right. like, oh right, that's that is part of it.
2: Right. Totally. Hey, what's up, Phil? Welcome. Yeah, I, I've realized recently that like Survivor is one of my main fandoms. Oh, like, I am now going back and re watching Survivor with Andy and I'm like Why? I'm loving it. You know, season yeah. two, the Australian Outback, back when the show was kinda shitty. And I'm still just like so into it because I can see how the show is going to get better and I, right. I it's become so good. Actually going on Survivor is something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Um expect like my, one of my goals is like to get my health to a place where I could right. audition for Survivor. Nice. Before I before my health flare up started like years ago, I actually went to an audition for Survivor and it was at a casino nearby and I waited for hours and didn't get in to be seen and lost $50 on a Star Wars slot machine
3: (laughs) because peripheral
2: materials for Star Wars are fun and that's why you like Star Trek more and that's why I like Star Trek more (laughs) yeah bringing it back okay (laughs) rating for uh, this episode from the chat is is 100% on 7 wow both people who voted say 7 and that's right in between Doug and I, so that makes sense that's to me. That's decent, yeah. Okay, now we need to vote on favorite character in this episode, and this is actually a really tough one, because it's, it's really good character everybody stuff. Everybody is in here. So, we gotta go Bashir, Dax, real real Dax, yeah. uh, Sisko, Sisko, Kira, Odo, <laughs> Quark. I feel like Jake was barely in this, so we can maybe leave him off. Mm-hmm. Do we want to include for favorite character any of the aliens, like Buck Bukai...
0: Sure. Buck Bukai. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Stiltskin. And then... Uh, Fake Ju- Jadzia. Julian's Jadzia. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Uh, is that a good list? That's, Anyone you guys want to nominate for favorite character?
0: That's a comprehensive list. Yeah. Let's just post it, and then if they nominate one, we'll, I'll, I'll math it up. Great. We'll math it up. Yeah. Then that's math, who's it up, like, math it up, they math, look it at up the, math it up, math it up, math it up. They look at the list and then they'll offer their voice vote.
2: Okay, there is your poll, my friends, for favorite character in this episode. Yeah. This
0: is a tough one. I actually haven't come to a conclusion on this yet. I have hit me because I had thought about it and <laughs> he, uh, at first I was going to vote Buck Bukai. Oh, because Buck Bukai is an interesting character. A lot of times in Star Trek, when they do have a uh, These kind of fictional things, they'll suddenly reach to the past. It's Leonardo da Vinci, you know, it's Amelia Earhart, it's like historic, it's Lincoln, it's Kalis.
2: That's such a good point. Like,
0: well, Kalis, but I mean, like, they they went
2: back to something that that is in our future, but still passed to them. That doesn't exist for us. That doesn't exist for us, so they could create something new, and I loved that. And they don't do that enough.
0: And normally in Star Trek, when they do that, it's as the third thing in a list of three. They're like this is the worst thing since a real thing, another real thing, and then a bloop from third bloop. bloop. That's so true. So (laughs) that's that is what that was my first thought. Is like oh, and they make it he's an Asian American. Like there's another layer on there where it's an intentional. And he's from London. Well, he plays for the London Kings. He may be from London. Let's not yeah. speculate about the.
2: <laughs> sure, it doesn't sound like. It's I'm right. just being yeah. a jerk. <laughs> he has an American accent. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, he has an American accent. I, and I, an American I actually
0: sport. really liked that. I, right. you know, I there's a just lo- an there's a depth choice there that, I, really that I think is is intentional on their part. Yeah, that is just there though. It's it's for you to right. acknowledge it and feel it. Sure,
2: but 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 that's like the surface presentation of that character. When you dive into that character, yeah, is it your favorite character? No. Exactly,
0: and the reason is that there's a better version in the same episode that I think accomplishes. Similar I agree, hundred percent. It's and it's
2: the imagination speech that kind of that that kind of brings that character back down to being like a written character instead of just like a great character, right? right. Like I can see the writing. Yeah, know? yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So for me, my favorite character is uh, Julian's Jadzia. Julian's Jadzia. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Because. That character does so much to illustrate and highlight an existing character in the show. Her existence solidifies things we've been talking about with Julian shows that the show yeah. is aware of that yeah. and then can begin mm. growth for him. That's so a it's great a really, answer. It's 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 a light being shined shown in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> on the 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 mind of Julian. I love that answer. Hey, what's up, Italki? Good to see you, dude. Uh yeah, that's Really different
2: than what I was thinking, but sure. I really like that. I you've helped me make up my mind. And sure. I'm going with Chief O'Brien. Nice. Because I I love Chief O'Brien in next generation, mm-hmm. but he changes immediately when he gets
0: on Deep Space Nine. Right. He becomes like much more ornery. We talked about yeah, this last yeah, time. Yeah. But he really leans into every man, which yeah. includes being an ornery blue collar worker. Exactly.
2: So Something about him reading to his daughter so sweetly is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Something about him showing such affection for his wife when he's normally just, like, complaining about right, her was right, wonderful. Right. Um, and then the fact that, like, his great fear is losing his daughter as manifested through Rumpelstiltskin being mm-hmm. able to feel his fear. Yeah, that's true. Is really Is really powerful. Oh, but shit, there's a moment that kind of ruins this. When Rumplestiltskin says, "Will you make the deal? Right. Give me your daughter and I'll save you all." He thinks about it. He thinks about it. <laughs> he like can't answer and then Cisco's the one who tells him that no. you don't have to do that cuz none of this is
0: real. Well, okay. Shit. Well, no, because that's like he's a Starfleet officer and it's it is like, and he's weighing the life of his child against like the entire, the entire planet of
2: Bajor. No,
0: not just Bajor, The right, system. the whole system, all fourteen planets. So five I guess notes. I can't fault him for that poor old farmer who just. <laughs> he's like, no I'm, luck. I'm staying, and they're like, okay, fine, stay. Next, the very next day, a tear in space time <laughs> kills the entire system. Yeah, this is this is why I think. Yeah, you're right. I can. I'm I'm sticking with O'Brien. <laughs> I I like that. Okay. I don't know why people in the Star Trek universe aren't just filled with existential dread every day. <laughs> so we have a tie between Cisco and Rumpelstiltskin. So, so that's a uh, Cisco, Cisco Cisco Stiltskin, Rumpel, Rumpel, Siskon? Rumpel Siskon? <laughs> Cisco, Rumpel Cisco, Cisco Benjel... Benjol Benjel Stiltsko, <laughs> <Benjol. laughs> Rumpel Stiltsko. Oh, what did you say, Benjo Stiltsko? Benjul. <laughs> Benjel... Stil... That's good, yeah. I'm feeling very solid about That's a Benjo's good one. I like it. Ben Benjil Stilsko. Benjo Stilsko. <laughs> Last that... week we had Moolian O'Shear, which made me really happy. But all of these could be names on Star Trek. Oh, Cisco
2: yeah. Stiltskin. That's good too. I, I'm putting my foot down on Benjil Stilsko, because I'm very proud of it. Also, I've uh, playing Stardew Valley and all my characters are being named after yeah, yeah. Um, the characters we're talking about on Deep Space Nine, and I like need to buy more rabbits right now and I've just been waiting for character <laughs> names and I'm definitely
0: gonna buy a rabbit named Mullabuck nice for sure nice that'll never leave the farm
2: yeah but that's like really all I get from these two episodes as far as good character names yeah I could do a Buck Bukai Buck Bukai, yeah oh yeah that's great yeah that's great I like that a lot but that's about it but that's two that's good I that's can buy cool. some more rabbits that's nice <laughs> okay and now we're gonna vote on best performance best performance and I think my answer is gonna surprise people <laughs> okay
0: but it's the same thing who so was on the
2: last one we had Bashir Bashir Odo Sisko Cisco, Cisco Buck, Bukai, Buck Bukai which I think is a a good one for this Quark he's, sure he,
0: he, we didn't really talk about Quark's sexual fantasies which is probably a good thing
2: for, yeah for the stream we did a little bit a little bit but yeah. that's there yeah yeah we don't need to talk about it anymore uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I did read that the actor was really into it which is like oh
0: could you I mean they were very attractive women yeah that were per- pay to pretend to be sexually attracted yeah. to him.
2: And his quote was, like, relatively harmless. He's just like, yeah, I mean, they had me This is right had at these the edge women of, on my arm, and it like, was a great shooting Quark day. Is a
0: difficult character because uh, he's gross and he's kind of evil and amoral. And but also kind of likable. But, right, and so yeah. this is within the safety range, where yeah. other times they make him like, oh, that's actually <laughs> sexual coercion. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Okay, okay who else? Uh, Jedzia. Oh, yeah, Jedzia, And then Julian's Jedzia. <laughs> Well, same actress, so... Oh, so if you like one, you could like both? Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah, Best performance fair. is just for the actress, yeah, so yeah, Jad yeah. Z, I'm that's just going to put fair. in there. Um, who
2: else? I feel like Jake is barely in this. Yeah, Kira's not really... Kira doesn't, doesn't right. have much to do. Oh, I didn't put O'Brien.
0: Oh, yeah, O'Brien.
2: Uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Yes, Rumpelstiltskin. That's a good one. I yeah. think that's good. Okay, We can do voice vote. Anybody else? No. Okay. I uh, big question though. Who played Stiltskin better, this guy or the guy from uh, Once Upon a Time? Uh, I didn't see Once Upon a Time. Okay, never mind. Is that a TV show? That's yeah. the yeah. I haven't watched it. It's a ridiculous show. Okay. Oh. That I well, watched a lot. I watched a lot of it. It was really really fun for a long time, yeah.
0: and it just got terrible. I just had to bail. Okay. Best performance. What do you think? I'm torn. So I don't have. I'm still debating. Do you have? One you said you said, I do have one. Then yeah. you go first. So I do have one. It's might. the
2: person that I've been bagging on for his bizarre performances all season. It is Julian Bashir. Wow, it is uh, Alexander Siddig.
0: Wow. Yeah, okay.
2: Because his scene where he's like trying to figure out why Jadzia is coming onto him and then right, scanning himself, fumbling, for his, yeah. fumbling. Yeah, it's just so well acted. It's so well performed. His discomfort, like his character's self-realization that maybe he's being. A bit of a of a like sexist pig, right? Yeah, you can see it on the actor's face. Yep, and it's just such a breath of fresh air because I'm just so sick of this character being so horrible. So finally, having something that's like a reasonable development for the character feels really good. And it was just performed so well. Yeah, I really really like it. So he gets my vote for best performance in this episode.
0: All right, that's a good one. I, I like it. You. Thank you. I like it. <laughs> my first thought was uh, Jedzia. Yeah, um, Terry Farrell. Oh, I put that on yours. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because n- yeah, you, you always make me go first. Yeah,
2: I fucked everything up.
0: Okay, go ahead. Uh, c- yeah, because I did like. Alfie, so I like the Julian Sgijia character, and you know, she does a good job as Dax in general in this one. Mm-hmm. So, but I, 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 there's something about it that's not quite enough. Um. Yeah. And like do, doing two different characters though is is obviously fraught with difficulties in Star Trek because yeah. as we've seen before, Julian when he has to ham it up, <laughs> That's what you get. Yeah, yeah. I can't get that image out of my mind of him saying that in the worst way imaginable. Uh, and then re- that was one where you read it and you're like, yeah, we thought he made some interesting choices there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. So, but I feel like in some ways the Jedzia's uh, Julian's Jedzia was almost like, well, it is, that was yours to lose. That's too easy in a way. Not too easy, but it's, you shouldn't get kudos for doing kind of a real... Two-dimensional, intentionally two-dimensional performance. It's,
2: it's the it's these standard like man writing a woman being sexy. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You've seen it a million times. There's
0: nothing like. So I like it in service of yeah. the story. Sure. But her performance of it is like, well, yeah. I mean, nothing that's out of the ordinary yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, so it's a tough call for me, but I am gonna go with the dude that played Rumble Stiltskin. Nice. Because Who's I do name think, I gotta check. I do think that was an interesting. It's an interesting character. And uh, I can see why people Michael don't... John Anderson. Okay, he's got three first names: Michael John Anderson. Yeah. And this is a tough. I think this is a tough kind of thing in general. You know, people are going to be like, "Oh my god, it's Rumble Stiltskin!" So you're gonna. It's going to be an eye-rolly thing.
2: I'm so glad when there's a tie in chat. <laughs> so there's a tie for best. Sorry, want to finish your thought? No, no, no. I okay. like this better. <laughs> there's so there's a tie between Bashir and Rumple Still skin. So Jumple, Jumple, Bash skin. I think that's pretty good. Jumple, Bash skin. Bash skin is horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of anything else, though. Yeah. Jumple Bashskin. <laughs> I think that's the best we're going to get. That sounds like a Star Wars name. Jumple Bashkin? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we got a tie.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of like... I often will give credit to Star Trek actors that have to sort of uh, transcend kind of hokey material yeah and rumble stiltskin in space magic is kind of hokey material so <laughs> yes that's so true
2: and, I, and he did a he did I think
0: he did as good of a job as anyone could have done yeah, yeah. you know with making something like kind of stupid kind of stupid and kind of hacky and that's the other thing is that you know yeah uh, uh little people aren't given a wide range of roles in especially in genre fiction yeah He's so like, this, oh
2: god, I'm playing Rumplestiltskin. Right, Stiltskin. So yeah, could, at least I'm not playing a goddamn leprechaun,
0: right? Right, right. <laughs> it's like, like he's one notch above it being just a you know a racially offensive right thing. So to take that kind of material and still, I think, do a very good job with it.
2: Although Stiltskin I don't think is always portrayed as a little person
0: yeah i think you can make a choice i think that that was that, a yeah. choice on
2: the part of the producers and i wonder if maybe just because they knew and liked this actor right they already had him in his mind in yeah their mind for- and you know he's he's great he's like a pretty well-known actor he's done yeah. a lot of really high profile stuff yeah for me it's always carnival when i think of him
0: yeah because that oh, that show was so, so, good. Good, yeah.
2: so good so good so good <laughs> <laughs> that's one i'd love to rewatch.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: um yeah i think he's very deserving of a best performance medallion yeah <laughs> for this episode um yeah, man, we did it. We did it. We did it again. Yeah, we did it. We got through two more. We
0: deep space nine dirt. <laughs> So
2: next week we've got uh, let's see, the Forsaken and Dramatis Personae. Right. We're gonna get some Loxana Troy. Mm-hmm. Which oh second meme.
0: Oh yes, thank you. I keep forgetting those. It reminded me because Luxana I referenced her in this. Oh one. oh not that one. That one. Yeah.
2: Luxana Troy Daughter of the fifth house Holder of the sacred Chalice of Reeks Heir to the holy rings Of Beta Z. As a shapeshifter You can give yourself As much space dong As you want Right Oh wait So that's her talking That's, that's her, her talking way. Right It's a thing oh, wait, I'm gonna do my Luxana impression <laughs> That's a shapeshifter I can't do it at all <laughs> <laughs> That's a shapeshifter no, that's just a news reporter. Uh, that's a shapeshifter. That's huh? that's just, that's just a, a gangster from the 1920s. That's a shapeshifter. You can give yourself as much space dong as you want, right? Because we
0: haven't watched. the I know we episodes, haven't so. watched it. I, so what did we're looking at? We're looking at five or six centimeters down here, <laughs> which was the amount of snow. Yeah, yeah, and there's that
2: one person who spread themselves out into a lot of snow.
3: <laughs>
2: yes, uh, and then there was a link in the description for our Instagram with all of Doug's memes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tasty, tasty, stop trick. Good shit. All
2: right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. We've done it. That's another episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks,
0: right? Yeah, we'll have to talk. I might have a scheduling issue okay. with work. Great. So we'll I, will, I will
2: announce in the Discord. We. Who knows? Maybe we'll try Twitch. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I keep threatening to do that. <laughs> I might be... Uh, I don't know. If I can get my momentum back with YouTube maybe we'll be here right I'm, I'm hoping to stream a bunch more between now and then but like part of me feels like if YouTube's gonna not show my notifications if I lose right. my consistency then maybe I should just be on Twitch you yeah. know I don't know yeah I don't know I keep threatening that but I love it here I don't want to move but hey, I might
0: anyway. have a discord vote no. <laughs> I c- Jesse apparently doesn't believe in democracy.
2: I've realized that like for big important decisions. You have to choose. I have to choose because oftentimes the only people who vote are the the really engaged people who will be there either way. Oh. It's like the audience at large or like the lurkers right. who aren't gonna vote, who are the people that I need to really, you know. Bye Amanda. Right Bye Amanda, so good to see you guys. Thank you all so much for being here. Phil, Amanda, GoGirl, Italki, Jaden, Slazinski. You guys rock. Uh, we will see you next time. ba Bye, Matt. Bum ba ba Bye, Bye.
0: That is the end
2: of the stream. Those lyrics did not fit. <laughs> Yamak, Yamak size! Space Nerds is listener-funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash spacenerdspodcast. If you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com.
0: Keep it spacey, baby!